On this episode of That One Movie Podcast, we're going to feature our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. We'll start off spoiler-free and we'll warn you before we dive into our spoiler-filled discussion. Beforehand, we'll rate, we'll excuse me, break down episode four of Marvel's Secret Invasion titled Beloved. We're also going to discuss the news from this week in the world of entertainment, including, but not limited to, Hollywood actors are going on strike. Uh Uh-oh, what's going on? The 2023 Emmy nominations have been announced. Some more Superman legacy casting updates. Of course, we'll also share our thoughts on the new trailers for Wonka and Ahsoka. As always, use the time codes in the description to jump around to whatever interests you the most. I'm Jimmy Uthie. I'm Holden Sutter. And take a seat. Grab some popcorn. It's time for Tom. It's time for Tom. Time for Tom. We butchered that. That one movie podcast. Tom. Jimmy, before we talk Mission Impossible and Secret Invasion, let's do the Toms. Let's do the Toms. That wasn't unison. Toms Toms is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Sweet, Holden. Uh, uh, We've got little little things now. We're we're making this a little bit more visual. Yeah, I was going to do, when you said that, I was supposed to hold up each one, but then I forgot. (laughs) Brokaw, Bombadil. Bergeron for our for our uh, our audio only <laughs> uh, listeners. You could just get to hear this the whole time. Yeah, it's some paper, nice paper in the microphone. We have these cutout faces on popsicle sticks that we are going to be holding mm-hmm. up. Uh, that's that's just an exclusive experience you get with the video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you are not on the video pod, there is this is a great reason to I'm do so I'm not sure now. this is a good reason to, but <laughs> it, you know, it's just adds to those that do. Maybe it's a reason not to listen to the audio only so you don't have to yeah. deal with the, the paper. But here we are, Holden. We got trailers for Wonka and Ahsoka. Let's start with Wonka, mm-hmm. which uh, Timothy Chalamet, of course, also the director of Paddington. I don't know the name. I've never seen uh, Paddington. Paul King, I believe. Paul King. Uh I, this looks very whimsical, of it, course. Very whimsical. It's very, it's very, whimsical. very much in line with like the Paddington movies. It, you can tell it's Paul King. So very steampunk as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot. Of, <laughs> it kind of looks like a Fantastic Beasts movie. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, Timothy Chalamet seems to be just chewing the scenery, really just going all in on mm-hmm. this. And I think it actually looks kind of cute i guess i i am not a willy wonka fan really at all i i'm i respect what's his name's performance the uh the guy johnny depp (laughs) (laughs) no not johnny depp um this is gene wilder gene wilder i was like it's gene something (laughs) he he gives a good performance i just not i've never been a big fan of willy wonka sure um but i think this looks all right i i am i was trying to figure out is he like at the Chicago World's Fair? It kind of looks. It like kind of looks like that, or at least um, that vibe. It'd be really funny if H. H. Holmes, the serial killer, <laughs> is just, just murdering there. people. That's there. a subplot in it. 
come here, Timothy Chalamet, pretty boy. Uh, it's yeah. My my interest in this is mostly just with the Paul King name attached to it because both Paddington movies that he's directed are, are really pretty great, and this seems very much in line with that. Like I said, um, it just it's a very silly concept. I told you when we were rewatching the trailer that the first time they said uh, chocolate cartel in the trailer, <laughs> I laughed because it's just so absurd and silly, but I think it will fit quite well. Yeah, it looks really goofy, but in a in a good way. I think some mm-hmm. of the CGI might be a little wonky and not <laughs> great just based on what we see in the trailer. It, but honestly, the, the movie doesn't seem to take itself to... Like, it's just so whimsical. Like, yeah. who cares? Yeah, it, I, I think that's kind of in line with his other movies, too. I don't think the CG... Uh, outs, I mean, the... Bear Paddington himself in those movies looks pretty good, but the other CG is kind of meh, but it's more of the, it like fits the style and like it kind of feels like I maybe like a picture book come to life kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I think it, as long as we'll see how it is in the larger context of the movie, but I think it could still work for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks pretty fun. Uh, you got Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, just really, really uh, kind of just spell Coleman's there. Yeah. Olivia Coleman. A lot of, a lot of good actors and actresses in this. Um, Rowan Atkinson, right? Is, yes. Is, yeah, uh, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean's in it. Um, and uh, is Keegan Michael Key in it? I think? Yeah, I think he's the guy, the police officer just who comes. Don't in. worry about it. Just people define the laws. Yeah, whatever he here. says. <laughs> so looks fun. I like the silly, ridiculous nature of it. I'm mm-hmm. gonna give it Holden a Tom Brokaw. There we'll we also go. Also give it a Brokaw. There we go. Now you can play along, sell these online. Yeah, this will make it fifty bucks. This will make it easier for when uh, sometime in the future someone wants to go archive uh, how many times we say each one. There you they go. Can just they don't even have to listen to us yeah <laughs> which is which by rule of thumb is generally a good thing yeah not exactly to listen to us all right holden ahsoka time ahsoka o'clock mm-hmm. i was gonna make a willy wonka joke i was gonna say will he or won't he wonka i think he will he <laughs> will, will he, he, will he wonka. wonka that is the question all right now it's officially ahsoka time holden uh this trailer Mm-hmm. is very much it's like hey did you watch rebels because if you didn't who are these people <laughs> yeah exactly it, it's it's i mean I, I feel like while we've talked about the shows that's coming out we've we've heard like casting uh, these different characters and at least me when i when i was when i would read about it i'm like okay i recognize this name from rebels i know that obviously ahsoka was in rebels and all of that but this just solidifies that's basically just a rebels like live action sequel series yeah. kind of thing um, which to me is not that interesting. I like Ahsoka, like the mm-hmm. character, but I don't know anything about Rebels, and I've heard Rebels is boring, so I don't plan on watching. People it. really like Rebels, though. Like yeah. I think Rebels, probably at least from what I've you know seen of it, it's got really good moments. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's. I I've heard there's good moments, but I I think there's some people that like really love clone wars that just do not like rebels because i think i think rebels is is generally like regarded as more of a kid's show in general like it's it's built and not that clone wars isn't but built for more of a younger audience with some great moments thrown in there but yeah because like clone wars was cartoon network right and then like rebels is like disney xd or something yeah something like that uh, something like that i don't know i could be getting that wrong um I think it looks all right. I mean, mm-hmm. I I just I was 
hoping for something more along the lines of like Andor with the political intrigue. And I think Ahsoka is a really interesting character because mm-hmm. she's so gray and she kind of critiques a lot of the ways of the Jedi, but yeah. while still being really likable and, and rooting for her and kind of being for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoy her character. I, I enjoyed her in the Mandalorian season two. And I'm, I'm hoping that they can craft a story around her that has the, the maturity and the intrigue of mm-hmm. something like, and, or even something like Mandalorian season two, like, I, and we'll see, I don't know. I, it's gonna, it's gonna need to be interesting. Cause I don't have an attachment to these characters yeah. outside of Ahsoka. I, I mean, I've heard Thrawn is really cool. I, I honestly have not read or seen anything with Thrawn in it. No. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm just, that's pretty much me too. I've only heard he's cool. So I would, it's really exciting for the people who like rebels I am, I'm hopeful. I was one of my most anticipated TV shows, so we'll see. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to tell because I wasn't a huge fan of the Obi Wan Kenobi show. I I did like moments of it a lot, uh, specifically the duel at the end. I thought was pretty solid, um, but I think this the rest of that plot wise wasn't great. But then you have something like Andor where I'm like, holy smokes, this is amazingly yeah. well written. <laughs> Going to come up again when we talk about Emmy nominations. So overall. I, I'll definitely watch this. I'm looking forward to the two-episode premiere on August 23rd, but I'm at a, a Bergeron for this one, Holden. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it too just because I'm I'm a slave to the Disney machine, Jimmy. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a Bergeron for me too. I uh, I mentioned to you um, the actor's name, I believe, is Ray Stevenson, but he looks to be playing one of the main antagonists in the season, um, one of these. I would say the main antagonist. Probably, I would assume yeah. that Thrawn is not going to be that big of a role in no, this first season. because they probably need someone that they can kill, and Thrawn is probably not the one they can kill. <laughs> no. Um but yeah, he he's uh, some he's got like an orange lightsaber or something. Yeah. I don't know what the deal with Kinda that like is. Kind of like on like the original New Hope poster, which I don't have behind me. It's over there. But like Darth Vader's lightsaber is kind of yeah. just orangish color. Oh yeah, yeah. Also doesn't look anything like his actual lightsaber. <laughs> it looks like a foam a sword. Point. I had never even thought about yeah. that. But yeah, um, I as I mentioned to you, Ray Stevenson passed away recently, actually. So I don't know if this is his last role or anything, but yeah, unfortunate. But. Yeah, he looks like he has a really good presence. Yeah, I thought he was like Russell Crowe for a second, honestly. He's he's <laughs> he's the few things I've seen him in, he's great. He was in um, <clears throat> one of the pre MCU Punisher movies called Punisher War Zone, which is really absurd but i think really entertaining and he's great as as the punisher in that movie so nice um but yeah yeah uh we'll we'll see yeah bergeron sweet all right holden let's talk about the actors going on strike seg after um Mm -hmm. officially joining the writers on strike um so kind of looks like to me when i was reading up on a there's kind of two things at play here at least two main things one of which is residuals yeah, um, very for like, streaming. It's for similar streaming. to what the writers mm-hmm. are kind of looking at, it seems. So Yeah. So st- we have the residuals and then so like just streaming, it's like, okay, how many or I should say like uh, with streaming, those streaming uh, services don't necessarily publish their numbers a ton. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite clear how much people are actually watching something. Yeah. Unlike TV where it's like, okay, we played it on TV this few times and uh, you know, I don't even know if the audience kind of 
factors into that or this the TV stations mm. pay per time they play it or whatever. It's very transparent. Whereas this, it's like, it's not like, all right, Disney Plus is showing, it's not a TV channel. It's yeah. not like they're just showing, uh, you know, Black Widow right now. There's no the Nielsen, there's no Nielsen ratings no. For, for that. So. Yeah. so it's hard to tell. And the actors, um, they've just ever since streaming, they've gotten a lot less money from mm-hmm. her residuals. So it's like, well, there goes a huge you know, chunk of our income mm-hmm. that we just don't get anymore because of streaming services. So that needs to change somehow, which obviously it's not as big of a deal for like the big actors, but for like everyone else, it's like, that's how they make a lot of their money and stuff. Yeah. So um, they're living. Um, I was, um, the I mean, act- look at like Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like his entire income is residuals. That's you true. Know, like insane. Yeah. Um, the actress who uh, played Matilda in like the nineties movie, mm-hmm. uh, the 90s Matilda movie, she doesn't do a ton of acting anymore, but I saw her post on Twitter that like she she's been doing voice acting recently. She did some a recurring role in Bojack Horseman. I can't remember who it was. And she was also in the like Big Hero Six series as like a okay. one of the main villains. And she's like, I like can't live off of this what i'm making for this it's just like there's the money is not there so yeah it's kind of unfortunate for these actors yeah um the other big thing is artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and recreating or replicating actors in things uh, (laughs) with or without their permission so one of the big things that was in this is getting paid a day's uh day's worth of work to come in and basically have your likeness scanned into the like an AI mm-hmm. so they can just use it in whatever they want. Yeah, they can without essentially your just permission. CG you in as an extra or whatever. Yeah, and you don't get paid for anything. You just give up your likeness. Yeah, which that that's probably, I mean, I think that, that SAG-AFTRA is, is a big union and everything represents a lot of people. And so that's that's a big thing that a lot of these people are going to, most of these people are probably going to run into. And it's, it feels very dystopian kind of, if, yeah. like in my opinion. Um, well, someone on Reddit <laughs> brought up the point that it reminded them of the Nathan for you episode where uh, he, uh, Nathan Fielder, had he like signed young like literally like middle school athletes for like you know oh ten yeah, dollars that, for their right. likeness or whatever <laughs> so if they become a professional athlete oh, one day they get all like the memorabilia rights and everything which is hilarious that's and right. like he did it as a complete gag obviously yeah yeah as a joke and for the show hollywood's trying to do it for real yeah um yeah, and I also read, I haven't watched any of the new season yet, but there's a new episode of Black Mirror that apparently is like just like this too. Oh. So very timely in that regard. Um, but yeah, no, this is not not good. I, I think this is good. That this They're trying to at least nip it in the bud here by going on strike when they are. Um, it does. Uh, so I, I wrote down here, uh, this is the first time both guilds have been on strike at the, in the same time in over 60 years, which is pretty wow. wild. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, it is going to completely shut down Hollywood. I think it's, that's completely fair though. Cause I think these people should be getting par- paid what they fairly should. And I, I think they should be 
you know, don't tell that to Bob Iger. No, don't tell that to Bob. Yeah, I guess we are working for Disney, aren't we? Yeah, we might be getting a little chewing out after this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it completely shuts down Hollywood and any like promotional tours for movies. Even like I don't, I, I mean, obviously there's still quite a few movies in the pipeline that are finished and can be released. But now these actors aren't even going to be able to like promote them at all or anything. Yeah. How am I supposed to be hyped for Blue Beetle? <laughs> yeah. when there's no actor promotion. Yeah. Yeah, that movie is that movie is doomed, and this is this is not going to help it. But um, yeah, but I once again, I think it's completely fair, and I, I like we got plenty of movies coming out still. I think it's it seems like these studios think that the strike is going to end in like September, October. I think that means that it's going to keep going into the new year, probably. We'll see what happens. Because yeah, I guess it depends on who breaks first. But um, my guess is the union is not going to want to is going to want to go a bit longer than that. Um, but another thing of note is any productions that are based in other countries are not affected because this is pretty much just a U.S. only union. Um, actors like British actors, I, I think, belong to something different or whatever. But um, House of the Dragon is a big example of something that's in production right now that is going to be able to keep going because uh, pretty much all those actors are British. So it <laughs> oh, doesn't really affect yeah. them at all. Um but yeah, I I think. What, do you have any other thoughts about the union? Well, I mean, uh, just strike? like the thing of like, <laughs> just the AI thing is like obviously they're just banking on the idea of well, first just not having to pay extras at mm. all anymore, which just there goes a ton of Hollywood jobs that normal actors and actresses rely on. Mm -hmm. Obviously, your big name people, your Ryan Gosling's and your Tom Holland's and your Margot Robbie's and Emma Stone's, they're going to be fine. You know, anybody yep. with a big name like that, they're going to be fine. But your just typical actual actor and actress trying to make it in Hollywood, they're going to just be out of work. And then if they do break it big... And then they don't even have access to their own likeness and they can be made into whatever. Yeah. And whatever. That, and that's, it's unfortunate because I mean, even trying to make it big with that, like that's, that's basically taking out like the main way that people make it big in Hollywood without nepotism, without nepotism. I was yeah, gonna add that. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, you, most people start out with extras or commercials or whatever, and then make their way up with smaller roles. And it, if you, if these likenesses are taken and can just be CG'd in deep faked over other people or whatever they do, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. It takes out that revenue or that their Avenue rather, but um, I don't like it. Holden. What they're doing like is a bombadil over there yeah. and going on strike for that is a strike is a broke off bombadil for what they're doing. And I hope they compromise to a merger. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i just wanted to use all three yeah hopefully um, we can get this figured out because the last thing the movie industry re needs right now is no movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah and theaters also theaters this stinks for them mm -hmm. this is completely outside of their control and they're just getting just like great don't I, ruin theaters while we're at it. Please. i have i have to wonder if this strike lasts long enough do you think we will get bad girl bad girl well i don't think they can i think they literally cannot release it at this point they can't release it that's what i would assume if you're like we just wrote it off on a thing i think that means it never can be released. Okay, but I, be. I have no idea yeah i i was just wondering because i'm like they have this almost completed movie and if they need like just a little something out there they that one to. scoob movie that we were promised. oh yeah, yeah. The, the scoob movie yeah um 
Uh, the other thing, the one last thing I wanted to mention about it is any like young actor who isn't part of the union yet also like ha- basically has to go on strike because like there's some clause that if you don't strike with the union, like you can't join it or something. Oh, so yeah, so this pretty much all young aspiring actors are kind of in this boat. It's unfortunate that it came to this. Right? Yeah, yeah, like it is. It would be nice to have to be able to avoid strikes, but. When the industry, when people are being manipulated and taken advantage of, strikes are kind of like the most viable thing yeah, to do in that effective. case. So uh, it's unfortunate that it had to, come to, had to come to this. Holden, let's talk about the 2023 Emmys, which of course yes. have zero controversy whatsoever yeah. in the nominations. <laughs> um, so uh, kind of bridging the gap here, I wonder, can they show up for the Emmys? No idea. I don't know how that I don't know how award shows work, but you're not allowed to leave your house. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Emmys counts as like a a promotion thing. If you're like, all right, Kieran Culkin, best actor, you just just can't even show up (laughs) like empty audience once in a lifetime (laughs) opportunity. Uh, Anyway, uh, we'll run through at least probably the the series nominations and the actor nominations. Uh, So for drama series, the nominations are Andor, Better Call Saul. The Crown, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. I've not, I, I don't know. I haven't watched Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I've I, wanted to. I've heard good things. It's, okay. Yeah, Showtime but, uh, series. Seems like a really stacked year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Andor, I'm, which is great. I'm glad Andor got the recognition that I think it deserves there. It's it's excellent. It won't win, but I'm no, glad it I got not I'm glad I got nominated. It's unfortunate <laughs> that all of these shows are just going to lose to Succession. Yeah. Succession is just the the tidal wave that is going to just dominate this award show and for good reason. It's an amazing it's show. Very good. I think the fourth season was the best season. I think they absolutely nailed it mm-hmm. and I think the ending was really strong. And for a show to be highly regarded before the final season and to stick the landing is, I mean, that's quite the accomplishment. Because, I mean, we've seen a, some, a lot of shows, you know, not be able to stick the landing. So yeah. it's cool that they were able to. So I think they're going to get a ton of recognition for that. Deservedly so. It unfortunately comes at the expense of other shows like Better Call Saul. It's just... That's, One of the great shows of all time, and it's just going to walk away with nothing. That's my big thing, is Better Call Saul has not won a single Emmy in its entire run. Incredible. So, which is Incredible. Cr- borderline criminal, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so I I have a tiny hope that they just give it like a pity award or something. Just give it one, please. Well, I would love to see Ray Seahorn yeah. win for Best Supporting Actress. I'd even love to see Bob Odenkirk win for Best Actor. Well, yeah. I think, yeah, but, but I just don't. I don't yeah, think it's he, in his guards. Yeah, he probably doesn't have it. I think Racy Horn, if they, if it was going to win one, I think it would win that. Yeah, you're probably but, right. Yeah, what else do we got? Uh, so comedy series, we've got Abbott Elementary, Barry, The Bear, Jury Duty, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Only Murders in the Building. Oh, you and Ted think, Lasso and Wednesday. I would think that um, The Bear would win that one. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Ted Lasso, maybe, but I think uh, critics it, were divided on that last It season. could be Barry, too. Barry's been an Emmy favorite in the past. It has, but critics were also not hot on the Barry last season. I, I quite liked Barry's last season. We'll get to mm-hmm. it And What Are You Doing? I yeah. thought the finale was a big swing and a miss for me, but the other seven episodes in the season I honestly thought were really solid and some of the best episodes in there. Mm-hmm. found it quite enjoyable. We'll see. I... 
I would think that the bear would get it. I haven't Probably. seen the bear, but I've heard really good things. Yeah, I haven't watched the new season yet. Um, yeah, I, I've actually recently kind of been picking at Abbott Elementary. It is pretty funny. I like that. Um, jury duty. I, I do. You, are you aware of that one? No. That's the. I don't. <laughs> I haven't seen any episodes of it, but it's like the the concept of the show is that it's a fake jury duty, and that like. I think everyone in everyone in the like actual jury is an actor aside from one person or something. <laughs> so I, I think that's what it is. And so it's this weird semi-reality, semi-scripted show that it sounds great. I've heard nothing but hilarious things about it. I don't remember what what it's on, but very funny concept. But you're right, probably Barry will win. Uh, limited series, we have Beef, uh, Dahmer monster the jeffrey dahmer story which is a terrible title for that series uh daisy jones in the six fleischman is in trouble and obi-wan kenobi how did obi-wan kenobi is that on there (laughs) one of these things is not like the other um you know i haven't seen i've seen dahmer and beef and i think i mean beef was great Mm -hmm. i would love to see beef I I've seen, I've seen Obi Wan Kenobi too, yeah. but <laughs> but it's that's, that I haven't seen Daisy Jones in the Sick. I haven't seen Fishman. I've heard Daisy Jones in the Six is really good. Yeah. Um, but is yeah, that based on a book. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Emily read that book. Um, uh, I I would say I'm cheering for Beef. Here. Yeah, I think Beef. Was I mean, great. Beef is the only. Oh, I guess I've seen Obi Wan, but Beef. I'm definitely cheering between the two. Summer was good, but Beef was really good. All right, lead actor in a drama series. We have Jeff Bridges in The Old Man, Brian Cox in Succession, Kieran Culkin, Succession, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Pedro Pascal, The Last of Us, and Jeremy Strong, Succession. Um, yeah, it's going to go to a Succession probably. But who do you think who it do- will be? Jeremy Strong or Kieran Culkin? It's not going to be Brian Cox. And anybody who's I seen the like, season will know why. Yeah, I feel like Kieran Culkin... Did he just win a Golden Globe or did I watch an old I have speech? No I can't remember. Um, I would probably go Kieran Culkin personally. If but I Jeremy Strong's to, good. Yeah. I would, I'm cheering for Bob Odenkirk. It's not yes, going to happen. Yeah, for same, him. same. I would give it to Bob. This is a stacked category again. Uh, I have no idea what the old man is same. with Jeff Bridges, but I mean, I'm Jeff sure Bridges he's is playing, good. So playing some sort of Western <laughs> Jeff Bridges, which is great. And he's phenomenal <laughs> in that. And, he probably already has an award for playing that identical role. Maybe he's playing something completely different and yeah, he's great. In that. Jeff Bridges is amazing. So I'm mm-hmm. sure whatever he is, he's, he's deserving of being there. So stacked category. Once again, um, Brian Cox, I don't know if I'm trying to think of who didn't get in because Brian Cox is in there. Oh, Patty Considine is not in, in any of these. So I guess that would be best supporting. Yeah, probably actor. be best supporting, but that has got to be like, We'll we'll go to that category and see if that's a huge snub because that I feel like that's like one of the all time TV yeah. perform like limited it was supporting really performances that I can remember where the author literally came out and said this is better than my version. Yeah, at least out of the nominated drama series, I'm not really sure because most of the White Lotus ones are in supporting actor. Um, and I I don't know. I don't know if the Andor guy really needed a nomination. Diego Luna. Yeah, Diego Luna. No, I don't think so. So, yeah, I'm not sure really, at least out of those, anyone was snubbed. Yeah, so best supporting. Can we just go to best supporting and go back to lead actress? Well, because yeah, we're just in that. find it. 
Holden's got to scroll down. You don't have these memorized, Holden. Where's no, your there's, preparation? There's a lot. Okay, so supporting actor. This one's been getting a lot of attention on the internet because it is literally just from two series. Oh, wow. It's all succession in the White Lotus. So we have F. Marie Abraham from the White Lotus, Nicholas Braun, succession, Michael Imperioli, the White Lotus, Theo James, the White Lotus, Matthew McFadden, succession, Alan Ruck, succession, Will Sharp, White Lotus, and Alexander Skarsgård, Succession. It's going to be one of the Succession people. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Braun is... Greg. Greg. Okay. It won't be Greg. No. I would think Matthew McFadden that or Alexander Skarsgård. Um, uh, Tom Wobbskins, who has <laughs> been superseded Tom Brokaw. Yeah. Uh, the, we don't have the printout yet. our favorite Tom. Tom Wobbskins. But, uh, boy, yeah, I mean... Yikes. I think this is the category they messed up because if you think about it, Patty Considine, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. How, like, how, did you say it was House of the Dragon? House of the Dragon. Yeah. And uh, playing uh, King, King Viserys yeah. is incredible. Literally like one of the all-time supporting actor roles, really I think, good. like in yeah. the one season of a show where he like just was amazing every scene he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's... <laughs> just complete snub the other one i would say is stellan skarsgård maybe from Andor. yeah yeah i would say i look i i liked white lotus season two quite a bit i just i didn't walk away and be like man these actors just need to get emmys yeah i don't know will sharp will sharp is the one that played aubrey plaza's husband he was really good yeah and like he's probably the most deserving in my opinion out of the four that were nominated but um yeah didn't need all four probably no that's that's bizarre that that happened that way uh shout out to alan ruck who is great yeah. as um connor roy, connor roy. in succession <laughs> <So good. laughs> he, he had a little bit more to do this season i think and he mm-hmm. was hilarious yeah. so shout out to him all right let's go back to the lead actors all right. yeah here. so lead- that, that's the one category that's like I don't, I don't know what you're doing here. Yeah. I think you guys missed out here. I should mention, because you just you talked about it a bit, no House of the Dragon acting knobs. Which is insane. Yeah. I, okay, I get maybe the fact that it's split into two. Yeah. But I don't know, man. That, I mean, yeah. you don't get a Matt Smith, even? He was yeah. in the whole series. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> But uh, that's just weird to me. And how does Patty Constantine not get nominated with HBO money? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> How is there not any bribing happening? (laughs) Where's all this bribing behind the scenes that you're supposed to be doing HBO? Come on. Uh, Lead actress in a drama series. We have uh, Sharon Horgan in Bad Sisters, Melanie Linsky, Yellow Jackets, Elizabeth Moss, Handmaid's Tale, Bella Ramsey, Last of Us, Carrie Russell, The Diplomat, and Sarah Snook Succession. Well, Sarah Snook is yeah, she's she's got that in the bag, I think. Uh, Um, As Shiv from... Chivroy from Succession. She was great. Yeah. Bella Ramsey's good. I haven't seen the last couple of seasons of Handmaid's Tale, but Elizabeth Moss is very good in the role. Um, and I, I have not seen, seen any of those. So yeah. I would imagine Sarah Snook's gonna win that one. That'd be my guess. So, too. Congratulations, Sarah. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> preemptive. She's British, succession. so she can go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh lead actor in comedy series, we have Bill Hader and Barry, Jason Siegel in Shrinking, Martin Short, only murders in the building. Jason Sudeikis and Ted Lasso and Jeremy Allen White in The Bear. Is it going to be Bear Man? <sighs> it's either that or Bill Hader. One, Bill Hader is another one that I like. You're right. Barry might not win for series, but Bill Hader is just so good at it. And he's won it before. Yeah, I don't know. I will see. Yeah. 
I don't know. People really like the bear. Yeah. I, I mean, I really the like the first the season. Berry, yeah. <laughs> I think there. So. Uh, lead actress in a comedy series, Christina Applegate in Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson, Abbott Elementary, Natasha Leone, Poker Face, Jenna Ortega, Wednesday. I have <laughs> not seen any of That's those. That's funny because I've seen all of these except for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, actually. I, Who do you think? If I were to pick one, my preference, I would say Natasha Leone and Poker Face. I knew you would say that. But... <laughs> That's also partially because that's my favorite series out of the, out of all of them. They're they're all pretty good. I don't know. This this could go anyway. I could. Well, I see. imagine they're good, Holden, since yeah. they got nominated. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that could go anyway. I think. Uh, lead actor in limited series: um, Taron Egerton, Blackbird, Kamal Nanjiani, and Welcome to Chip- Chippendales. Evan Peters in the Dahmer series. Daniel Radcliffe, Weird, The Al Yankovic Story. Michael Shannon, George and Tammy, and Stephen Yun and Beef. I like how Daniel Radcliffe is just in there for weird. Yeah. Well, I think lead actor in a limited series or movie. So this is like TV movie. Yeah. And I think, I think there's like a separate category for like best TV movie or whatever. Cause I think weird is also nominated for that. Okay, well, it's not going to be Daniel Radcliffe, but he's hilarious. He's so that. good. And you need to watch weird and check out our podcast about it. Cause that was a really great movie that came out last year. One of the funniest movies Funniest comedies, I think that's come out in years. Yeah, recent memory. It's got to be either Steven Yoon for Beef or, or Evan Peters for Dahmer. That would be my guess, here. yeah. I Well, Evan Peters definitely got a lot more attention for that series, so I might be leaning towards that. <laughs> Hollywood loves Steven Yoon. Steven yeah. Yoon's going to win something for one of these shows one day, and if he hasn't already. And he was great in Beef, so no, I don't know. I don't know. Do we need to cover every single category? Or well, we? no, I, I, like I said, I'm just trying to do the actors one. So I'll, okay. I'll do, I'll finish the actors and then we can probably be done. Uh, lead actress in the limited series uh, movie, Lizzie Kaplan, Fleischman is in trouble. Jessica Chastain, George and Tammy, Dominique Fishback, Swarm, Catherine Hahn, Tiny Beautiful Things, Riley Keough, Daisy Jones and the Six and Ali Wong and Beef. I've only seen Beef. So. I've only seen Beef for that with Ali Wong, who was great. Yeah, she was. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Dominique. Fishback. I know that name. She was, uh, I think she was the female lead in the new Transformers, and she was also in. Uh, yeah, that's the, who she is. Yeah, she's the new lead in the new Transformers. And uh, what was the other movie? The, the other Daniel movie. Kaluuya movie that she was in. Uh, God, what's that called? Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, yep. Yeah, she's yep. in that too. Uh, anyway. Supporting actor in a comedy series, we have Anthony Kerrigan and Barry, Phil Dunster, Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein, Ted Lasso, James Marsden in Jury Duty, Eben Moss, Bachrock in The Bear, uh, Tyler James Williams, Abbott Elementary, and Henry Winkler in Barry. <laughs> Henry Winkler was great in the final season, and so was Anthony Kerrigan. Yeah, uh, they're Barry. both great characters. I haven't uh, seen the final season yet, but they're, they're both really good in it. Um, <laughs> Brett Goldstein in in Ted Lasso as as Roy Kent is always fantastic. Phil Dunster, I think that is the guy who plays Jamie Tart. I, I gotta double check that though. Phil, not Phil Mickelson. Phil, yeah, he's Jamie. Tart. he's good up, too. I'm gonna look up who the bear guy is because I don't know if he's in the first season or not. Oh my god! But, but uh, I I like a lot of those performances. So yeah, really really good there. Any of those would be dis- uh, oh yeah deserving. Okay, yeah, the the guy the guy from the Bears is at least he was great in the first season, so yeah, deserved nom if he was that good in the second season. I guess I'm rooting for 
maybe Anthony Kerrigan just because I love <laughs> NoHo Hank so much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I've, uh, yeah, I guess I haven't seen any of these in their most recent iterations, but um, yeah, probably I'll go Anthony Kerrigan too. He's there so you good. go. Uh, right. Supporting actress in a comedy series, we have Alex Borstein, Marvel Simpsons Maisel, Ayu uh, Edibiri in The Bear. Uh, Janelle James, Abbott Elementary, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple, Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham, Ted Lasso, Jessica Williams, and Shrinking. Um, the Bear actress is great, and she's actually she's in a lot of things this year. She's in a couple. Um, she's in a movie called Theater Camp that's coming out. That is, I was one of the movies that I saw early when I bought those Sundance tickets. Yeah, she was very good in that. Uh, and then she's also in another movie called Bottoms coming out that looks really funny. Um, but yeah, she's great. And the Abbott Elementary ladies, at least in the first season, have been very funny too. So great, great all around there. Yeah, I've only seen Ted Lasso of these, so I I like Hannah Hannah Waddingham a lot, mm-hmm. who plays Rebecca the owner of the club and also the evil nun lady from game of thrones. Oh, which is fun. Oh, really? Shame. Okay. Interesting. Shame. Didn't know that was her shame. Yeah. Emily recognized her. I was like, how did you recognize her? They're <laughs> like completely different characters. I was blown away that she did. I would never have noticed in a million years. Uh, and then we obviously already did supporting actor in drama. So supporting actress in a drama series, we have Jennifer Coolidge for The White Lotus, Elizabeth Debicki in The Crown, Megan Fahey, The White Lotus, Sabrina Impacciatore, Italian, The White Lotus, Aubrey Plaza, The White Lotus, Ray Seahorn, Better Call Saul, J. Smith Cameron, Succession, and Simona Tabas- Tabasco, The White Lotus. I'm gonna root for uh, Ray Horn. Oh yeah, hundred percent. She, I think she's got a good chance too. Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge was good. I think her performance is like she's really good. I think mm. her performance was a little little overhyped for a season two because I watched it after everybody sure. freaked out over it. Yeah, um, but I mean, all very very good performances, obviously. Yeah, and but the, Ray Seahorn, I think, has been phenomenal for that entire series and deserves the recognition. And the one succession this. representation is Jerry, correct? Yeah, Jerry, and, I believe. and she's very good, but I don't think she has quite the pull that like the other succession actors do. At least, in well, the, she just doesn't have as much to do. Yeah, she's true. great for the. She's phenomenal yeah. as Jerry for the scenes that she's in. She's mm-hmm. wonderful, but like, how do you give it to her over Ray Seahorn? Yeah. I mean, for the whole Better Call Saul and just carrying halfway carrying that show along, yeah, Bob yeah. Odenkirk and the rest of the cast. Um, oh, another supporting actor snub: Tony Dalton. Like, yeah. what the heck? Mm-hmm. How, like, again, like, one of the all-time <laughs> TV performances, like... Or, like, even... How do you, st- like, standing out as, a as like, people consider him maybe even better than uh, Gus Fring as, like, a villain in the Breaking Bad universe with Giancarlo Esposito, which is, like, insane to think about. Well, and, like, we don't even... That doesn't even include, like, um, like Jonathan Banks... Also, I mean, John, fantastic. yeah, he's great. Fantastic. Like, I, I better call Saul just didn't get enough love this year, which is which, sad because it was the last year. Yeah, and that's it's gone. And the last season was amazing, too. Um, and quick, I, I won't, uh, I won't do the supporting actors in limited series because we don't, I don't think we've seen most of those, but the guest actor ones I think are notable. So, guest actor in a comedy series, John Bernthal in The Bear, Luke Kirby, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Nathan Lane, Only Murders in the Building, Pedro Pascal, Saturday Night Live, I guess, is the host, Oliver Platt in The Bear, and Sam Richardson in Ted Lasso. 
Um, Sam Richardson. Is he the guy who plays uh, Zava or something here? No, he is. Oh, he's this wealthy Nigerian guy. Really? Interesting. I mean, he's like <laughs> decent in his role, but I didn't watch and go like, wow, get that man an Emmy. <laughs> Uh, and then for guest actress, uh, we have Becky Ann Baker, Ted Lasso, Quinta Brunson, Saturday Night Live, I assume hosting again, Taraji P. Henson, Abbott Elementary, Judith Light, Poker Face, Sarah Niles, Ted Lasso, Harriet Walter, Ted Lasso. Judith Light and Poker Face was very good. Most of the actors in Poker Face are guests because they're just in one episode, but... I don't know why you felt the need to go over these old and I guess, uh, well, okay. You I, just wanted to talk about Nick Offerman and Murray yeah, Bartlett that's the main in, the, thing. in The Last of Us yes. coming in. Yeah, guest actor and drama series. We have Murray Bartlett, Last of Us, James Cromwell, Succession, Lamar Johnson, The Last of Us, Arian Moyed, uh, Succession, Nick Offerman, Last of Us, and Kelvin Montreal Woodard, Last of Us. He's uh, he's the, the brother. brother. Yeah. Okay. James, James Cromwell, Cromwell is the brother of... Um, Logan Roy, yes, and our Arian. He's um, what's his name? The f- oh, he's yeah. uh, the friend guy, yeah, yeah. Stewie. I Stewie, think yes, you're right. Um, all right, yeah. I, I mean, mean, we've seen all of these. It's They're gonna be Murray good. Bartlett or Nick Offerman. Yeah, I think it's probably gonna be Nick Offerman. <laughs> probably. So there we go. Anything else to say, Holden? Um, because it's just more of that, right? Yeah, we'll just do guest actress and drama series. Just as the last one. Uh, Hayam Abbas in Succession, Cherry Jones, Succession, Melanie Linsky, Last of Us, Storm Reed, Last of Us, Anna Torv, Last of Us, Harriet Walter, Succession. Melanie Succession Linsky. and Last of Us just had these locked down. Melanie Linsky. Whoops. She was the lady that we didn't like that much. Oh, yeah. She was like the the Karen who took over Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I think I like, gosh, I'm trying to remember all this. I like Storm sure. Reed a lot. Yeah. I think Harriet off the top Walter, of my head, I would give it to Storm Reed because I thought she was amazing. Harriet Walter is the mom okay. in Succession. Good, and but Cherry, not in a lot. Cherry Jones is the um, the owner of the newspaper that they... Okay, they yeah. The, the, yeah, what, the... Whatever uh, per, uh, something with a P. Yeah. Pierce. Pierce, yes. Um. Yeah, I think I would go Storm Reed just because I was like, wow, that was a good yeah. performance. So as, as uh, Riley from The Last of Us. All right, that's it for Emmys. Wow, that's it, Holden? That's all? 30 minutes later, holy smokes. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I'm going to go overall Broca, except the category of Best Supporting Actor, which is abominable. Because how did you get not get Tony Dalton, Patty Considine, and, I mean, Stellan Skarsgård, I could see you leaving him. But Patty Considine and Tony Dalton, what the heck? Yeah. Like, Uh, what are you doing? I'm in the same boat with those ratings, so... Um, yeah, so past the Emmys, uh, we have some more Superman legacy casting, kind of a lot, actually. It was very interesting. <laughs> they had to get it in before the writer's strike, I guess, or the, the actor's strike, because now they like, can't cast anybody. That's true, yeah. So, uh, we have Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner, who is one of the uh Green Lanterns from the comics. Guy Gardner, from what I understand, as a Green Lantern, is kind of like most people don't like him that much, like uh, comic readers, because he's like kind of just a jerk or something. He's like, he's, he, he was introduced as like the kind of new green lantern replacement, but he's kind of like this cocky, like just no one really likes him. So I, I my guess is he'll be played as a joke, especially since it's Nathan Fillion. So. Nathan Fillion's great. If you yeah. have not seen his uncharted fan film that he stars in on YouTube, mm-hmm. look up Nathan Fillion uncharted. He is the, a fantastic Nathan Drake. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, he's kind of aged out of the role, so you couldn't play him in the Uncharted movie. But uh, he is great. He's great. And he's, he and him and Jim's James James Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn seemed like just a match made in heaven because yeah. he just fits right into James Gunn's kind of style and 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 type of comedy. And I think he can pull it off really well in a way that's not. You know, in a way that's actually funny instead yes. of just like oh, trying to be funny because he's he his comic chops are so good. So I, I think he's going to be hilarious. Uh, that's definitely him. Is definitely a, a broka. He yeah. is definitely a broka okay. for me. There we go. Uh, Isabella Merced as a uh, hawk girl. Um, she was in. She was Dora in the Dora movie. I never did. See yeah, it. I never did either. Um, she was also, and I, I think forgot the f- that movie exists. She's also in the fifth Transformers movie, I think. And I feel like there's something else big I've seen her in. But yeah, younger actress. Never did see the. Oh, she's in the second Sicario movie? Didn't see that. So I have no idea here. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to give her a Bergeon just because I don't know her at all. Uh, Good luck to you. She was good in what I've seen her in. So I'll give her a Brokaw. Awesome. Um, This other actor I'm not familiar with, uh, Eddie Gethegi as Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific as a character, he's kind of. I, I'm not super familiar with him from the Justice League cartoon. I believe he's kind of like a tech guy, but he's like just kind of also a good fighter. He's kind of, I think for a lot of, at least in the Justice League show, he's kind of a, a man in the chair type character. So, sure. um, but he, people seem to like him. So Bergeron, uh, Bergeron for me, Nolan. Bergeron. Um, and then the, Probably the best one, honestly, is Tom Anth- Skins. Don't have him. Thomas, yeah. two thumbs up. Program. Is Anthony Kerrigan as Metamorpho, which uh, great things here because first of all, Anthony Kerrigan, we just talked about him from Barry as No Ho Hank. Yeah, and he's great in that. Uh, and Metamorpho is just such a weird character. He kind of, um, from what I understand, he's kind of like a good Clayface. He doesn't look like Clayface. He kind of can hold more of a human form in a lot of ways, but he's. He can just transform his body parts, kind of can like, well, metamorph into wow. different things. Metamorphosis. Um, but it's such a weird character that I'm glad James Gunn is putting into his movie. And Anthony Kerrigan seems great. Also, he's, he's bald. So he's the so bald. bald. So. <laughs> he is the most bald man of all time. And he's hilarious. He's so funny. His comedic delivery is fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of, if not my favorite character from Barry. Yeah. And uh, he's just, yeah, he's a great, he's just a good actor too. Yeah. Like the man is a good actor and he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. His, just the, his body language is all so funny. Again, him and James Gunn, just that just works together. I'm looking I forward agree. to that. Absolutely. Tom Wamsgans, Thomas, two thumbs up. Broke a highest rating I can possibly get there. <laughs> all right. Holden. Um, yeah. So that's it for Superman casting. Uh, next, just uh, Borderlands movie, which I keep forgetting is happening, but there's a kind of interesting development on it. So previously, we talked about Craig Ma- uh, Craig Mazin, yep. um, who has wrote, wrote the Last of Us series in Chernobyl. Um, was previously reported and listed as a credited writer on the film, but now he claims that he has nothing to do with it. Yeah, man. <laughs> which so yeah, you got in our notes here. We got the movie. It's been in a limbo. It's been it finished filming during 2020. Yeah, it that, was. That's I, three years ago. It was one of those movies that it's I, this many. Yeah, it was. It was one of those movies that I think was like they fi- figured out COVID policy and stuff and were able to get going during that. But it's been done for almost three years now. Um, 
And then, yeah, what was this last bit you have here? Oh, just uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in another interview claims that it's going to be releasing next year. Obviously, no date, and that's that's not an official That recording. is not good news, Holden. No. This is going to be a bombadil for me. Not I, good news when this happens. It's probably going to be fine. Okay, but it's not. it doesn't sound like it'll be great if this is the case. Tying into the Craig Mazin thing, though, he, like, I think it was last week, it was, like, he was listed there was his name was switched out with like a different name that was rumored to be like a, a moniker or whatever you call it. Or I don't know what you call it for an author uh, when they change the name pseudonym. Yes. Um, but now he claims that it's not even a pseudonym. So I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> what's true anymore. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Craig or Greg Cornyn. Instead of Greg Mason. I remember it being kind of a funny name, but I don't know. All right. Um, Yeah. uh, So interesting bit of news here. Uh, 28 uh, days later, zombie movie, very influential from the mid 2000s. Looks like it might be getting another sequel, but this one actually coming from the original makers of that first movie. Uh, Alex Garland, who wrote it, and Danny Boyle, who directed it, are discussing returning for a potential sequel called 28 Years Later. Um, Alex Garland says he has an idea he really likes and would like to write it. And, uh, Danny Boyle says that he would love to direct it if Alex doesn't want to direct it himself. Um, Killian Murphy also says that if they both return, he would definitely come back if the idea involves his character. Brokaw for me. I don't even love 28 days later, to be honest with you, but Mm -hmm. I, uh, this is a broke off for me because Alex Garland, most of the, what he has written is great. I did Mm -hmm. not like men very much. I thought that was a bad movie. Um, but Ex Machina is one of my favorite movies. Sunshine's pretty good. Uh, some people really like that. I liked Annihilation. You were kind of in the middle mix. I'll maybe rewatch negative. it sometimes, see if my um, opinion changes. Uh, but I, if he's got an idea, that gets me excited. I think they mm-hmm. could do a lot with this genre. I mean, obviously, The Last of Us has proved that, you know, you Walking Dead, all that stuff. There's a lot to be done, I think, left with this genre. Of course, Killian Murphy's great. Um, so having him back would be. And, awesome as and Danny well. Boyle. If and Danny, Danny Boyle, Boyle comes back, great director. So yeah. or if Alex Garland just does it because yeah. he's he's proven himself as a good director as well. So that's a Tom Brokaw for me once again. Yeah. Holden. Tom Brokaw. All right, last piece of news. Holden, what do we got? Yeah, just last piece of news is that uh the boys spin-off series Gen V is coming in September. Which uh, was like a mystery thing well like, this is the one that's like high school yeah but i thought it was like some sort of mystery. yeah they, they, I'll, i'm gonna double check right now i'm gonna look it up you vamp for i me. think I, I think it was described as like a mystery meets the hunger games or something like that so that would make sense to me um it's, uh, oh, uh, here's okay. the plot according to you wikipedia young adult superheroes or soups are tested in battle royale challenges at the gold Godolkin University School of Crime Fighting run by Vought International. So it's a battle royale yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It seems interesting. That one like teaser thing we got looked kind of cool. I yeah. think it was only like 30 seconds, but I remember it being pretty cool. I'm sure we'll get a, a full trailer here soon. Um, but I mean, it's run by, I mean, I think it's same similar showrunners or at least producers. So it's a broke out. Hold yeah, we love the boys. We All yeah, right, Holden, be before... Yeah, we love the boys. Before we uh, move on to our review of Secret Invasion Episode 4, we got to talk about our Popeye's experience this week. Boy, does it need to be fast because we got a lot to talk about this week. (laughs) This week, uh, Tom Pie's the segment where we talk about Popeye's chicken because we go there pretty much before every movie. This time did not disappoint Holden. Very friendly 
uh, person at the cash register. From my understanding, they were new. Imagine that new employees. I think essentially we, every time yeah. we go there, very friendly. Uh, got the order right, mm-hmm. which was nice. Uh, and they did the thing where they got the for both of us. We got the basket of fries separate, which from is the always chicken. good because sometimes you'll get it where you'll get a basket of chicken. The fries are also in there. You just don't get as many fries that way. Had to wait a couple minutes for my my uh, classic tasting. Fried chicken, but you know, understandable at Popeyes. <laughs> of course, we did have coworkers shouting at each other, swearing mm-hmm. loudly. Um, but that's just all part of the typical <laughs> Popeyes experience. Well, and that's how we knew that the guy was new because they kept yelling at about the new guy. Hey, new guy! If you want me to learn your name, <laughs> do what I tell you. Which I think is hilarious. Anything else? Never, to say? never a dull moment at Tom at Tom yeah. at Popeyes. No, I my my chicken was was really good. So. All right, Popeyes, if you want to spot, sponsor us, our email is down in the description. There you yeah, go. Popeyes this week at Broca. Popeyes this week is <laughs> Broca. That's right. All right, hold on. Let's talk about Secret Invasion Episode 4, titled Be- Beloved. 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 This is going to be a spoiler discussion, so that's going to start right after this. If you don't want to listen to that, you want to jump to Mission Possible Dead Reckoning Part 1, look at the time codes down in the description. Otherwise, we're going to start right now. All right, Secret Invasion episode four, titled "Beloved." Um, I don't yeah, need these spoilers anymore. Yeah, we can get drop them these out of on here. the floor. Um, I okay. I I feel like I am living in a crazy person world. I feel like this isn't the first time it's happened, but I, like the reception of this episode was like mixed, and I think it was a good episode. Personally, I thought it was. I thought it was all right. I um. I guess for me, I'm just thinking I, I'm being very positive on this series and I feel like just it's not there for everyone else. So. I'm positive on the series. One thing I will say is they did the thing where they killed off the character and then they're just alive. <laughs> yeah. Like don't. And then so the one of the issues for me with this episode is kind of ties into the so they the end of the last episode. They killed off Gaia, Gaia, supposedly. At the end of this episode, they kill off Talos, supposedly. supposedly. But it's like. There's no weight to Taylor's dying because it's like literally you had someone die the very last episode I, and now they're alive. And I'm like, if Talos is actually dead, that just mo- that moment was just completely missed for me because <laughs> is he dead or is he not dead? I, I think know. it's more likely that he would be dead. Um, I, I, I The fact that Gaia died, you know, it's Amelia Clark. I'm like, I, it seems a little bit weird that she would die halfway through the series, but... I feel like it's more likely Talos would. That's what I'm saying. But that I like I think there's a good chance that he is just straight up dead. Mm-hmm. But that moment didn't mean anything to me because yeah. you've established that characters can just come back to life after they've been dead mm-hmm. <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's probably that's probably the biggest negative for the episode for me. Um, the episode's not that long. No, it's compared to some of the other ones. It's just uh, around 30 minutes, yeah. not counting credits. Um but uh, let's see. We we get a it's, flashback. Yeah, it's Paris in the 2012 or whatever, right after the uh, Avengers movie. Essentially, yeah. um, the de aging or makeup that they do on Nick Fury looks really good. He looks just like he did back then. So I don't I don't know. I mean, granted, I don't think like Samuel L. Jackson has aged poorly or anything. So it's probably not that hard. But it yeah, has been ten years. You know? Yeah, so long time. But yeah, no, he, it looks great there. Um, in general, I I really like the the scenes between him and his wife, though. I I think they're really pretty interesting. 
Yeah. Personally. I don't um, know. I, I thought they're okay. Okay. They read they read the poem. Mm-hmm. All I want is to feel beloved. Um, yeah. I don't know. I could take or leave this relationship. His relationship with his wife has not really added that much for me because it's like, okay, she's like married to him, but he's just gone all the time. Mm-hmm. So obviously she kind of resents him, but then he's like, all I I just love you. But I'm like, oh, if you actually loved her, you <laughs> go and visit her and like put your, you know, actions where your mouth is, buddy. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. Speaking as a married man, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that part was weird. And then, of course, we get the Colonel Rhodes is a scroll, which mm-hmm. people predicted. Yeah. I don't necessarily think I saw that coming, but mm-hmm. people online predicted that. Yeah, which uh, which I think changes my my prediction from last episode to be the president's just gonna die. <laughs> it's not gonna be. It's not that he's a scroll. It's yeah. he's just gonna die. <laughs> just gonna die. <laughs> um, but they didn't they didn't kill him this episode yet. No. Uh, anyway, but we'll see what happens. So yeah, the and I I did like the scene though where Nick Fury goes over and, and visits. Somehow he's listening into that conversation. Um. We have the conversation between Gaia and Talos, which I thought was interesting because she's like, <laughs> I think it's interesting that Gaia just betrays Gravik, but doesn't even know what her dad's planning. And then her, and then Talos is just like, yeah, well, what we're going to we'll do figure it out. <laughs> is we're just going to save the world. And then we're going to go to the president and say, hey, look, we just saved the world. So how about amnesty so we can live here forever? And Amelia Clark is like, dude, none of us want to live here anymore. Yeah. Also, that's just not going to work. He's like, it's not a bargaining chip if you've already, you know, played your hand. You got to go up to the president now and be like, look, man, here's there's a secret invasion going Mm -hmm. on. Here's my proof. Here's my bargaining chip. I can help you with these terms. Not afterward, go up and say, hey, man, I just saved the world. (laughs) Hopefully you can cut me a break. Am I right? There's no incentive to do that there. And Gaia, Amelia Clark is just like, what? Yeah, got- <laughs> dude, you have no idea what you're talking about, which I liked because it adds a little bit of nuance to her character, but also just kind of makes her seem silly for just trusting that her dad would have a plan and completely b- burning her bridge with Gravik. Yeah. Uh, and just throwing all of her eggs into this one basket. Um, so I, yeah. know, I, I think Amelia Clark's performance has been really good, though. Yeah. And Ben Mendelsohn, of course. Guy has been great. I just, I, I agree. I like that she's, she's like, you know, I'm. She goes to her dad like, I'm all in, Dad. What are we gonna do? And he's just like, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. She's like, what? We'll play a mayor. Yeah. It's, I can't wait for a guy at the, at the end, be like, you know, humans aren't so bad after all, Dad. Um. Well, unless the dad's dead. Unless Talos is dead. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what he's... She's going to remember him. She's going to go visit his grave. And be like... Or they're going to shoot him out into space. Or they're going to bury him on the new... down the ...scroll world. I guess we forgot to... I forgot to mention that she survived the bullet wound by... She had done the super scroll thing to herself. She super scrolled herself. She at least got the... And it was... I was right. It's extremists is what what they have to regenerate with. So, okay. Um, um, yeah, that's a nice one. Then we got the scene, I think is the next scene here. I'm just slumming through it. Yep. Where Nick Fury is at home. He has listened to his wife's conversation with Colonel Rhodes scroll dude. 
and he knows that she's going to try to kill him because apparently she's more loyal to Gravik than to him at this point, or just more loyal to this cause. Mm-hmm. Um, she also kind of sees Nick Fury as a as kind of a shell of himself, and she also sees him as not a threat, and she tries to bargain for his life. So there is yeah. that. Um, I don't understand why she needs to do it. I guess because it's like, oh, he trusts you. It's probably Maybe. it's probably that and also like approving your loyalty thing. I assume yeah. that's why it's why also like Gravik has been like so hesitant to meet with her just in case like Nick Fury had gotten to her and stuff. So it's probably just to, you know, prove her loyalty to the cause. Yeah. Um, so that they have their conversation at the table and uh they shoot at each other and they reminded me of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, the bullets went through me. Um, and then they just are like, well, I guess we both missed. So I'm going to leave now and that's going to be okay with both of us. That was interesting. Yeah, no, I in general liked their conversation because they're both pretty honest about like their feelings and like Nick Fury had talked about how, you know, he probably shouldn't have married her and everything, even though he does love her and, it's he's put her in a weird situation, put himself in a weird situation. And, and it was just kind of a brutally honest conversation that they both kind of ended on. Yeah, would you love me if I was my true self or true form? And he's like, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. That's yeah. not the answer she wanted to hear. You, know? <laughs> uh, you also get the backstory of how she became, kind of took her form. Yeah, which, and that I was liked that too. Yeah. yeah, that was interesting. That was cool. Um, yeah, it, it's a good moment. I, I don't necessarily love the fact that they shot at each other and missed, and they're like, well, I guess that's just fate. I'm going to leave now. I felt like that was a little unrealistic for what would actually happen in that situation. Well, did they, did they like, I thought they missed on purpose. But why would you shoot at each other? Then? I don't know. See, like, I, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, If that, if they, I did think, did they do it on purpose? Did they miss on purpose? But there's no, like, I feel like you need more context or, mm-hmm. or, or more of an explanation if that's the case. Uh, then Nick Fury breaks into the hotel room of of Scroll Roads, which that uh, I I've seen kind of the the clip going around on the internet, but the the bit where he like wipes away the mirror and like is transformed, I thought that was a pretty cool yeah, shot. The, the effects was, have been pretty great, in yeah. This, honestly, um, so yeah, I enjoyed this conversation. Obviously, brings in the one alcohol alcoholic was it bourbon i can't remember yeah something like that um which again was also very pulp fictiony like mm, now this is a now that's a tasty bourbon no <laughs> he doesn't say that but he does like mm. yeah uh so i like that he's got a gps tracker in the bourbon because he knows that he's a scroll he's mm-hmm. figured it out he's got it he's nick fury he's one step ahead he knows what he's doing and then we get the whole uh convoy thing yeah which is fun there's a conversation that Rhodey has with the president where the president's like, you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, Rhodey's being really pushy and yeah. But um, yeah, the convoy thing, which I thought was a pretty good action scene. Uh, yeah. Pretty exciting. Um, a lot of people just aimlessly getting shot and dying. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. It's not like fantastic or anything, but not also poorly done. Um, that's where we see Gravik as, more than just the extremist powers. He has Groot arms. Yeah, he's got Groot arms. There is a <laughs> definitely just like plot armor, though, in this. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just in the middle of all this firing and somehow they're like completely fine mm-hmm. and not concerned with getting shot. Well, I'm wondering I, I'm wondering if that's just because they 
I mean, at least Gravik is like has the ability to heal. So well, yeah, I, but I'm I'm talking more like just Nick Fury. Oh yeah, yeah. And Talos. I mean, Talos eventually does get shot, but like in the president, he's just like pulls the president out. I'm like, dude, this guy is like, they're all going for him. Mm-hmm. Like, is it that hard? Or maybe they're not because they're like, we need him alive, so he starts a war. I don't know if the president gets shot and killed though in Russia. You'd think they would start a war. Well, and as soon as Nick Fury takes the present, he's like, I'll be back for you, Taylor. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) It's not happening. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. There were a couple... This episode had more moments of like, it it didn't ruin... It wasn't like bad, but it wasn't great. It wasn't like, okay, we have this firefight, but it doesn't... If you really sit down and think about it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense what is happening here and why would you do this? It... So I, I feel like people who maybe think are a little bit critical of this episode episode is are pro- they're probably pulling apart a lot of these threads. Mm-hmm. And once you start to tug on these, it probably comes a little bit loose. It doesn't ruin my enjoyment of the show. I still was entertained by this, but it was there were a few moments where it's like, oh, turn your brain off for this part. Um, and yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I, I hope it's not going to end in a little, you know, dud, but we'll see. Uh, I again, I like this episode probably more than any Falcon in the Winter. Oh yeah, episode. So, I've enjoyed the show. I still like it. Just a little bit of you know the turn your brain off moments, but another entertaining episode. Yeah, I'm personally, I I quite liked the episode. I don't have aside from the as you said the fake out death thing. I don't really have many problems with it. Um, I don't know. I just in general, I'm I'm enjoying the series and the intrigue and everything and. We'll see. I I think I'm going to end up being one of the more positive defenders of the show by the end, depending on how it ends. We'll see. But I'm definitely like pro secret invasion. Mm -hmm. Good show. We'll see how it ends. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I don't think so. All right. Let's dive into our spoiler free review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Once again, use the time codes in the description. Spoiler free uh, review coming at you right after this. All right, uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Dead Part Reckoning. 1. Still a bad name. Still but. a bad name. All right, <laughs> Holden, here's our synopsis. Ethan Hunt and the M- IMF M- <laughs> and the IMF team must track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity if it falls into the wrong hands. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake, a deadly race around the globe begins. Confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than the mission, not even the lives of those he cares about most. So this was, I think this is my second most anticipated movie of the year. It was behind Spider-Verse, I know. I don't know if it was number two or number three. I believe, it was, I'll just say it was number two. It was high up there. Um, and... Yeah, I I rewatched I last week I mentioned or last week like three days ago I mentioned that I watched one through four, um, but since then I before the movie I watched uh, the fifth and sixth ones again. Um, I'll probably get more into my thoughts of those later, but six just was even better than I remembered personally. It was so good uh, that movie is just like a cut above the rest. So. I went into this, I was like, it's probably not going to be as good as Fallout, but I was still, you know, excited for it and everything. Um, and unfortunately, I 
unfortunately, I probably I was thinking about this like so far this year, it's probably my most disappointing movie of the year, mm. even though it's good. But I just had like high expectations for it and it just did not reach those. I didn't I I didn't like it as much as a lot of other people seem to That's be. That's where I'm at too. I, I still really like this movie. I, I really do enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. I'm pro the, I'm excited for part two. It's going to be one of my most anticipated movies of that year. This was mm-hmm. number two for me this year behind Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, people love this movie. Like people yeah. are saying like, this is one of the greatest action movies they've ever seen. And there are a lot of great moments in this. Yeah. I just, I do not understand why people love this movie that much. I, no. I think it has, I don't like a lot of the things that I have wrong with it are subjective. So I can understand sure. that part, but I do think there are like things that are a little clunky or, or I weird. It, yeah. And I just, I don't, some people like think this is like a perfect movie and I just didn't feel that way watching it. And I, and I, that, there were parts of it, there, chunks that were disappointing. But again, I'm I'm gonna come off more negative than I actually am. I think this movie's yeah. really good. I, yeah. But again, it's like your your bar is all the way up here and it comes in right here. You're gonna be a little disappointed. Yeah. More 100%. than a film that's right here and it comes in right there, you know. So Yeah. And we'll we'll get into why that is. I, I definitely don't think like our thoughts should dissuade you from seeing it though. I think no. it's definitely worth seeing. Um, when I talk about who is this movie for, it's for people. Okay. If you like the mission impossible movies, you mm-hmm. gotta see this one. If you liked four, five and six, you know, if you similar see pain, this, yeah, yeah. if you haven't seen a mission impossible movie, I still think you can go and watch this one and be okay. Probably even more so than fallout fallout is, I feel like if you haven't seen the fifth one, there's a lot of things. Cause that, that continues a lot from five, but okay. yeah, this one I think is, is a bit more like you could just go watch it. Yeah. Um, I particularly like the first act of this movie. Um, mm. I think there's a lot of really exciting things that happen in there. I do have a couple like issues um, that I, I can't talk about right now because they're spoiler spoilery. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot to like here. The stuff yeah. in let's the, focus on the positive first because we are probably going to talk a while on the stuff we don't like as much. Yeah, I think that will be mostly the spoiler review though when yeah. I when I think about the specifics. But uh, like the beginning is like the opening, like the cold open sequence is great. Yeah, like very exciting, good. very very thrilling, very different for Mission Impossible. Um, and you just had no idea what was happening the whole time. It was very unnerving. And then there's a sequence in this airport at Abu Dhabi also in the first act that I think is is really exciting as well. Mm-hmm. So I in, I enjoy both of those things a lot. In general, the performances are very good, um, just like always in these movies. I mean, nothing like Oscar-worthy, but I, like all of the cast seems to just really like being in these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you have the the returning people, obviously Tom Cruise and Ving Rhames, uh, Simon Pegg and uh, Rebecca Ferguson all return, but even like the new ones, Haley Atwell, are all great. I think very good in this movie, very committed to whatever physicality they need, but also just being entertaining characters in their own right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. And I also like the set piece towards the end of this movie. Um, the bit that's yeah. on the train stuff that's in the trailer, I think is good is train really sequence, fun. Jimmy. Yeah. Good train sequence. <laughs> and it does things that like, there's been a lot of train sequences. It does things that are new and fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and it doesn't just retread all these other things. 
Um, one thing about this movie that's also positive is it actually look like it looks like it has a lot of money behind it. Yeah, like two hundred ninety one million dollars. <laughs> which you realize this movie costs that much? I mean, is how much of that is just because COVID? Yeah, how much is COVID? How much is it is like just Tom Cruise or whatever? But like, I, I mean, it, it may not be a whole lot less, but this costs less than Indiana Jones did. About the same. Yeah, yeah, but it looks a lot better. I'd say. Yeah, like it just in general, I like. It's pretty well shot for the most part. Um, you can tell what's going on in the action. Yeah, you can tell what's this happening. Is, yeah, the action, a lot of practical are, stuff, obviously, because yeah. Tom Cruise. But it is, it's a you know, you wouldn't necessarily think to co- compare Indiana Jones and Mission Possible, but there is a good comparison here because there are like chases, and they yeah. do get into like a little vehicle, and it's a chase, and you can tell chase, and you can tell what's happening here. Well, yeah, and the, there's a train sequence. You know, there's oh, actually yeah, quite a few yeah, parallels. <laughs> Well, and they were released a couple of weeks apart, yeah. so it's easy to do. But um, there's actually more parallels than you would think. Mm-hmm. And this one, the direction and the the camera work is is just, I think, much better for the, the sake of the film than yes. Indiana Jones was. And they had limitations on Indiana Jones, obviously. But, sure, sure. But I'm sure they had limitations with this, with COVID. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think the, a lot of the action is really fun. Um the I mean, obviously the stunts are good. I don't for me personally, I don't think there's really like a standout stunt in this one. I know there's the one that they keep advertising. We'll talk about it more in spoilers, but the jump. Yeah. yeah, the jump. But none of them really stand out to me quite like some of the ones from the previous few movies. Um, but that doesn't mean they're they're bad or anything. They're still well executed and, and yeah. stuff. Um, but even just like the fight choreography is pretty good. It's it's no John Wick four because that's not the main focus here. But it's pretty well done. Some yeah. nice some not long takes, but it doesn't just it's not just frantic cutting with the yeah. the fight choreography and stuff. So yeah, nice nice wide shots with that too. But I liked the music again. Lauren Balf I think did a, yeah. a really good job with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's relatively paced well. I think there are a couple moments where it, it slows down. There's a lot of talking. Um, but it the, it didn't, like, I could have kept watching this movie for, like, so how long is this movie now? It's nearly three hours. It's, uh, it's let's see what it's saying. Here. Where is this? Why is oh, it I think saying? you just passed it. No, go down a bit. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, maybe not. I uh, know. usually it's up at the, t- there it is, two hours, 49. Oh, I see. Um, so yeah, nearly. I could have kept watching this movie. Like I, I, I didn't realize it was about to end until they like started doing the voiceover at the end of the movie. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I, um, I'll give specific examples in spoilers, probably, but there are some scenes that are too long and could be cut down. But at the same time, like the whole the movie as a whole is paced pretty well. So I'm in the same boat. Where by the end of it, I'm like, oh, it's the end. It didn't feel like three hours, but. If you had trimmed down those scenes that at the time felt too long, I feel like it would feel even just brisker yeah. and like would be, I mean, I think it would just benefit and add to the already pretty good pacing. So, yeah. um, can I just start talking about things I can talk about, uh, non-spoiler wise for like it's things right? we didn't like as much. Yeah, probably. I thought this movie was smelling its own farts <laughs> quite a few times. Like, I don't know. Like they they just this movie took itself so so seriously. And I think Ethan Hunt is like almost a caricature at this point. He's like I care so much about the people around me. Like I don't even have to know you and I love you and I'd put my life on the line for you. And it's I don't know. And like they just like the romanticization of like the IMF and like the process of getting into it. Like I don't know. 
the, some of that again that is subjective completely subjective and if you thought you if that didn't bother you at all then i i'm jealous i wish that was the case there it's I'm, just something that didn't work for me i'm kind of in the same boat because i think like it takes itself really seriously which i think to some extent like rewatching fallout and how much i love that movie that movie does take itself seriously too but there's a lot more comedy woven throughout and there's a lot more like it like clearly like the absurd things are kind of played off as absurd and it's kind of part of the joke and everything and there's I, I think one of the things that the four through six does in general pretty well that this one kind of lacks a bit is that like Jackie Chan comedy infusion with the action, which we taught like in a recent example, John Wick four does that a lot with its fight scenes and stuff. There's a lot of things are just clearly funny and played for laughs. And this one doesn't do it as much. It's just like everything is very dour and like matter of fact and the few moments of comedy that are sprinkled in there, some are fine. And usually the fine ones are the ones in the more down moments, but other times it kind of just screeches the movie to a halt and are not, is not very funny and it feels out of place there. Yeah. I don't know that like, yeah, there, I mean, there's this bit in this car chase where these two characters are kind of tied to each other and that's played off. And I liked that. I just think it went on like that one specific gag kept going on and on. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know if I need any more of this necessarily. There, I think they could have condensed that into a, a shorter sequence that was that was even more uh, engaging and exciting. There's one part in that that I swear is supposed to be like a sex innuendo. I can't remember. Uh, I might talk about it in spoilers, but I'm like it, it. It was like this joke that went on too long, and I'm like, I I could be crazy, but I think that's what this is supposed to be, and it feels so out of place here. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, no, there's some plot conveniences too. Um, there are certain characters that I think just don't need to be in this movie and don't mm-hmm. really add that much. Um, and sometimes are just distracting for me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think Gabriel was that great of an antagonist in this. I, 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 I don't know. Some people yeah, like, seem to really like him. The guy's performance was good. And I mean, his, the, the fight scenes he was in, he did a good job and everything, but yeah, as a villain, it's, he wasn't just the most interesting. He didn't quite have the presence of someone like, I don't know the villains from the previous. I don't know if I can, if I should spoil the twist of fallout or not, but no, I won't. But uh, like the villain in that movie has a lot more presence and in, in charisma, I think just in general. Um, but this one, it's like, I mean, he's, he's fine, but just not a standout really. Yeah. Um, the, the, the weapon in this movie is called the entity and it's ridiculous how many times they say the entity. This movie has so many people like talking through their teeth just seeming Ethan Hunt. You have to understand the seriousness, the gravity of the situation in which you find yourselves right now. It's well, like a lot, like so many characters are talking that way. Well, and so the, it's funny you bring that up. So the entity, um, I don't know if it's, is, if it's, is it a spoiler to talk about what the entity is? Yeah, let's just save it for later. Okay. Well, no, you can just say. I mean, okay. it's pretty. It's I, like yeah. from the start of the movie. It's it's kind of the MacGuffin, but also kind of an antagonist. Um, but it's essentially this rogue AI, and this rogue AI is like the main villain, um, kind of the one who Gabriel is working for, is agent of. Um, 
And I think that's part of the reason why the serious nature doesn't work for me. Cause I think just the, a rogue AI in a mission impossible movie is just a little silly, right? To me. And I think it's like, I, that would that part like that in as of itself is not silly. The part that was silly for me is just the characters continually referring to it and mm-hmm. how dangerous it is. And like, like we get it. Like you don't need to say it 12 times. <laughs> the entity, if the, the entity. entity gets in the wrong hands, do you understand what that means for mm-hmm. us? Ethan, we need to acquire it for the United States of America for the greater good. Ethan, the entity. There's just so much of that. You're just like, mostly doing a Kittredge impression. Yeah, but I mean, but everybody else is talking through their teeth yeah. too. And it's like, okay, I get it. But that's the, like the, the thing in and of itself is not silly, but the way they talked about it was just goofy to me. Um, and again, I get, this is all subjective, right? You mm-hmm. could completely disagree with this. Completely valid. I'm frankly gen, uh, jealous of the people who really enjoyed this. I'm just saying what didn't work for me and why it didn't work for me. Um, I would love for you to comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube why, what what uh, worked or didn't work for you as well. Uh, yeah. Start that conversation because we are we're definitely oh, open-minded folk here that uh, we can be convinced by this. Holden's just researching spoilers for part. No, no I was not. I meant to click on the first one. Um, yeah, so uh, I I mentioned it earlier. So Henry Cerny, I think is how you say his name, returns as Kittredge from the first movie. Um, both movies, I like his character. I think he's just yeah, like, he's very much like a, he's just working for the government, like kind of no nonsense. And he's like, in both movies, he's, or he's, his entire like motivation is working for the government, but he's such an antagonistic force that like, it's kind of surprising when he does end up helping them to an extent. Cause he's an antagonist, but not a villain. I'd say like, yeah. Like in this movie, especially, like he's he's working against Ethan Hunt. Well, yeah, but you're, so there all these different groups are going after this MacGuffin, mm-hmm. right? And so you're gonna have competing kind of interests there, and you're gonna have a spectrum of antagonists to protagonists. I just don't think you needed all those different parties. No, probably not. It is it is pretty overstuffed with characters um, that don't really need to be there. Um, I think uh, getting a bit off. Or, moving on a bit. My, one of the things that for me personally, I'm kind of mixed on is the editing in this movie. I feel like most of the time is good, but there are some times where I just, I didn't understand why shots were connected together the way they were. It felt very like they, it felt like certain shots were connected and there should have been like a shot in between them, but there just wasn't. And it felt very jarring. Um, I, I mentioned to you, and this is uh, this one thing is just kind of a nitpick. I think there's a bit in the airport where they dub over Haley Atwell's character, and she's she is clearly front and center on the screen. Like her face is facing it, or is facing the screen and everything, and she says something, but her mouth does not move. And it's probably like. I could be wrong. Maybe I missed it completely. But if that is the case, it's probably the most egregious like dubbing mistake I think I've seen in a movie. And once again, that's just one small thing. But the editing, I just felt like it was a little bit rougher than in previous movies because like Fallout, I feel like is just such a clean movie, like very pristine, very like like they they went over that with the fine tooth comb. And, you know, there's lots of reasons why things can happen the way they do. But it just felt like this one wasn't quite as polished to me. Yeah. Yeah, that that's where I'm at, too. Um, again, 
we like this movie. We're mm-hmm. we're not negative on it. Uh, these are more minor gripes than anything. It's mm-hmm. just like it was. I just yeah. I'm I'm just at the point of like, okay, why do people? What about this do people just love so much? And mm-hmm. and um, why aren't people seeing this the way we do? And and um, just sharing how we experienced it in an honest yeah. way. So. Uh, I'm I'm a little I'm disappointed that I didn't like it more, but I got to be honest with how I watched it and yeah, what I felt during it. Certainly. I wanted to, I want to like this movie more. I maybe I will watching it again. Maybe I will uh, enjoy this. And maybe sometimes when you see a movie a second time, it just clicks for you. It certainly happened for me. And maybe this is one of those things, or maybe just this is where I'm at with this one. Yep. Um, I th- I think uh, for a part one, I think this is a satisfying part one. I think it's not like oh my gosh, a massive cliffhanger. Yeah. For part two, Th- this part it's, one, it's like okay, it feels like it has enough of a conclusion mm-hmm. that you feel satisfied walking out of the theaters, thinking you weren't cheated out of half of the story. It's not like Spider Verse, where it's like boom ends. Yeah. Part two coming whenever we get it done. <laughs> out of the three movies, big movies that have come out this year, all with cliffhangers, because Fast X also did. Um, this is easily like the most satisfying ending, even though I like Spider-Verse more. This one's like, okay, it's like clearly there's more to tell, but yeah, there is an actual ending here that like, which is also kind of funny because people like audiences are still already going to walk into this knowing it's just a part one because it's literally in the title, unlike those other two movies. Um, but it also just has probably the most satisfying ending out of the three. Yeah, which, yeah, it's funny enough. Like, this is the one you could have la- not labeled part one yeah. of, of those three, if, if any, and just put to be continued, and people wouldn't have been like, oh, what the heck, I feel cheated. <laughs> um, But, yeah, that's where I'm at. Again, who's this movie for? If you like Mission Impossible, go see it. If you haven't seen it, and people around you are interested in going to it, I think you'll have a good time with it. And uh, if it gets you into the franchise, I think that's a good thing. Excited for part two still, even though this was slightly disappointing for me. Don't think it's on the level of Fallout. I haven't seen the other ones in quite a while. So yeah. uh would need to rewatch those. And I want to rewatch this. I really do. I think I will like it more the second time. But yeah, I'm uh, hoping so. I but we are gonna talk about things we really did like too in spoilers. So stick around for that. Cause I have things that I was like, I love this. So this mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. And I want to break it down and why I liked it so much. So we're gonna start talking about spoilers here in a second. Holden's gonna give his rating. Uh my rating, I think I'm probably at like a seven and a half. Seven, something like that, which yeah, still a still a very good rating, but just not a uh, not a nine or a ten like I was hoping. Yeah, Holden's a harsh reviewer, so if you're like seven and a half, he's he's a harsh guy. Okay, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna dive into spoilers again. Stick around for that if you've seen it. If you have not, check the time codes in the description. Jump to what are you doing, and we will talk to you again soon. All right, spoilers starting right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, spoilers for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Let's Jimmy. just start at the beginning with that sub-sequence. Yeah, great. Sure. Phenomenal. Yeah, really, a lot really of fun. fun. A lot of fun. So they, yeah, the Russians are in the sub. I just, it was, there was so much to like about that scene. Just the cold open, all these characters we don't know. We don't know what, you know, the entity or what, what what's going on. Obviously, this mm. big, like, super computer looking thing. It's like, oh, what is this? Well, yeah, I, we're kind of just led to believe at this beginning part that it's mostly just used as, like, a stealth thing. Like, yeah. and so cloaking it, device. Sort of yeah, thing. so that's just kind of what we assume it is, but... Yeah, when we find out that, you know, they see this sub off in the distance and it turns out to not be real. Well, yeah, so, like, you have the whole tension of, right, okay, we see this sub, mm-hmm. all right, 
and the sub's getting closer to us. So like, they know we're here, but that's impossible because we have this cloaking technology. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they're shooting a torpedo at us right yeah. now. It went right through our countermeasures, and this is bad. We're going to counterfire a torpedo. Um, and then when the torpedo is about to impact, just nothing. And that's just a great fake out because there's a lot of tension building up to that. Yeah, yeah. Just like, okay, they're supposed to be invisible. Somehow they're found. Now a torpedo is coming at them. The countermeasures didn't work. They're about to be blown up. Nothing happens. And that, and then it's like, oh my gosh, what is happening now? And then the other sub, it's about to, their torpedo is about to hit the other sub and that disappears. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is, what is happening? Uh, they're like, what? It must be some sort of glitch or something. And then all of a sudden their torpedo comes back to them. And you're thinking, why is any of this happening? It blows up uh, the, the submarine and and then you have the people uh, f- floating out of it. One of the issues I would say with me for this movie, as I love that scene. That was great. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened and we know where the the entity is. Yeah. And a and, lot of people just don't. And they don't. And like the movie's like, well, we got to find out what this key is for. It's like, well, as the audience member, we know what it's for because we literally saw it. So mm-hmm. the, that suspension is not there for us. It literally, They literally do not figure out until the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, Which she says like Sevistopol or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's the name of the sub and instead of the name of the city. And I was like, I just, that tension wasn't there for me because we knew what the key was for and we knew where it went. Mm-hmm. So that, that was like, that was a weird thing. Why that was such a big deal. I mean, it, un, it makes sense for the characters, right? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. In reality, they, how would they know what this is for? But to have like, it be such an important part of the movie for these characters to find out what it's for, uh, it would be with us, not, with us being in the audience, not, uh, with us being in the audience and already knowing, not being in the in Tom Cruise and the rest of his team's kind of shoes, Ethan Hunt's shoes, that we don't have the same feeling towards that. We don't feel that same sort of sense of urgency since we already know we're kind of just projecting his sense onto ourselves rather than actually being there and feeling that with him. And I would say the other thing kind of going along with that theme, and and we'll we can go back to circle back to mm-hmm. this stuff later, but is with um his whole past with Gabriel, we kind of see glimpses yeah. of a flashback, but that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to us. No, like as the audience, we didn't, we're like, I don't really know. Like this is some pre-IMF thing that's happened. It's not from a previous movie. It's not from like the first movie even or anything. It's just something that happened pre that movie that we're supposed to care about. But like we talked about it afterwards, I think it just would work better if that was like the intro, like if that was like a flashback so, or something. And I think this idea was floated because apparently there was like they thought about de-aging Tom Cruise for mm. a scene and Christopher McQuarrie shot it down, which in of itself, I don't have a problem with that. My issue is that we didn't experience that with Tom Cruise. We yeah. don't like we don't feel the revenge kind of no. that he wants to get against Gabriel. We don't feel that as not. We know he wants it cuz you're telling us and you showed us, right? But we don't feel it. There's we, a disconnect between us and and Ethan Hunt. Yeah, we don't know who this woman is. We don't know what his relationship is to e- or what her relationship is to Ethan or anything. Just some vague person that he cared about that 
Gabriel killed. Yeah. Like, so it's like, logically, we can figure it out, right? Yeah. We understand it. We're not dumb. Like, logically, we figure it out. But the emotional connection, there's, 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 it's not. It's mm-hmm. a detachment. And it's harder to, for the audience to empathize with characters when we don't go through those experiences with them. Mm-hmm. They weren't someone who was kind of valuable to us or, or someone we cared about. So, yeah, I just, I think that was a disconnect. The sense of urgency with finding out what the key was for was also a disconnect. And that's mm-hmm. where those things are like, it's not like, it doesn't ruin the movie. It's just not, it doesn't elevate the movie. Mm-hmm. So, it's not what, you know, other great movies, you kind of feel right there with the characters. And this movie has scenes where you are right there with the characters feeling all this tension and it's great and it works phenomenally. Um, but for those kind of two threads that continue throughout the movie for quite a long time, I think there's that disconnect. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Which personally is maybe is probably my biggest gripe with the whole movie is that. Which again, not massive, but it is great. Yeah, and that kind of, well, that kind of ties into the fact that the movie just kind of feels overcomplicated at times um, because there's just a lot going on, um, and I feel like it's not always presented in the best way. Uh, one addition I would add is I feel like up until like the train sequence, every like every plan they have to like get the key is like or and like figure out where the sub is is just too complicated. And like sometimes a little confusing. Okay, I'm trying to. So they're, yeah, but they they explain. So I'm trying to think. Okay, the they go to the airport, right? Mm-hmm. And their plan is to <laughs> that there are so many different plans in this that yeah. are complicated. Their plan is to they get they want to. There's the buyer, right? So they want to give it to the buyer. They want to sell the key to the buyer so they can first off verify that it's. The, the right. genuine half. And then secondly, they're going to follow the buyer. They're going to figure out through the buyer what the, the purpose of the key is. Right? I, I think that's a good plan. Yeah, uh, that's I not too bad. I yeah. think that's a solid plan. I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it just doesn't No, work. And I feel like that that one I'm okay with. And I, I'm not sure I can give specific examples, but I, I just remember some of the, like, maybe how the, the plans change, maybe even in that scene. And then, like, later on, it just becomes a really convoluted when that's really there, I mean, that right there is like their entire goal the whole time, but there's just so many other threads that they throw in there that make it a little twisty turny, but not really in like an intrigue way for me. Cause I'm just like, okay, what, who want, who are we trying to get the key to? Who are we trying to buy the key from? Who are we, who are we trying to follow? There's just a lot happening. And that kind of feeds into what you said earlier about just like so many characters in it too, that I feel like. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Did the did the authenticity of the key play a role at any moment? Like, was there ever there like, was, the, like some point in the airport? Right there was like a fake half. Yeah, key, at some point there was that. a fake half, but I can't remember when exactly that was. And if it was that big of a deal, but yeah, I love the airport part. That was like my second, like that and the sub part for me were my two favorite parts of the movie, and also the train stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. I I thought that was all great. The airport stuff, the tension there. That was phenomenal. I yeah. loved Benji going. I love the team aspect yeah. of it. Benji going in, hacking it's, the cameras or whatever, or with that was Ving Rames. Just them working together. Um, I thought uh, Simon Pegg, Ving Rames. I like chemistry is great as always. I liked them deciding not to tell Ethan about the bomb. Yeah, like, that was great. Too. <laughs> that was very interesting. I yeah, I think it's just really good because obviously Simon Pegg and and Ving Rames are both like. 
they're not as physically capable as Tom Cruise and, but they always find a good way of like making them entertaining and useful still. So yeah, yeah. I think having that kind of bomb plot just adds to the tension and is a good thing for them to do too. And I thought it was interesting too, that, you know, it being like an AI thing, Simon Pegg has to reveal information about himself that could be weaponized against him. Yeah. 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 Later on. And then there ends up not being a bomb. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Okay, well, why not a bomb? What does that say about the AI? Does the AI really want to cause harm? Mm-hmm. Is it just out yeah, for the mo- self-preservation? Yeah, the motivations of the AI are, are pretty unclear. I mean, the movie makes makes you want to think that it's like entirely antagonistic, and, and in a lot of ways, it is at least to get its own to means to its end, that means to an end of well, its own goals. Here's a thought, but, actually. Okay theory i like this a lot mm-hmm. it's it's imp- it's gaining my appreciation for the movie already if, it's, so if it go. goes this way so no this is our, like okay so i think the ai maybe has the same position of tom cruise that like i should not exist i should not be controlled by anybody this is not good oh that could be so hear me out want the reason it blows up the sub at the beginning is like this is not good like mm-hmm. if someone gets if my you know purpose my computing gets in the wrong hands that's going to cause a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to blow up the sub in the middle of the Arctic or Antarctic, whatever it was, ocean. Nobody's going to know where it is. That's going to be good for the, the greater good. Then people find the key. Don't want people finding the key, putting that together, because there's a chance they could take my artificial intelligence sure, and control sure. me. Um I don't know. I, that's pretty interesting to me. I, I, I and I think that works if you look back through the movie, and I, I really it like that. And um, my, there we go. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta talk through a movie to start appreciating more. My, now I'm like, let's go see this again. Let's do it. It's great. Let's go. Mission Possible, Fall, Dead Reckoning, whatever it's called, Part One. I like that theory a lot, and if it's true for the most part, I'll like it. But then I think it inherently gives me the problem where that probably won't be a reveal until later in the second movie would be my guess to keep the plot going. And then it's like, well, why were Tom Cruise working against it the whole time? Tom Cruise doesn't even know what it was, right? He doesn't, well, well he knows it's the AI that can't fall into the wrong hands, right? Yeah. Cause Tom and, Cruise wants to destroy it. He wants to destroy it. And I feel like his intentions are not that unclear throughout the movie. So then it's like, well, why is it, in conflict so maybe so maybe it wants self-preservation but doesn't want to get in the wrong hands maybe yeah or um or ethan hunt getting the keys together um would lead to the increased likelihood of someone getting their hands on it that maybe shouldn't have their hands on it maybe so i don't know i will see again i would I need to rewatch this movie. I, I feel like my my I I feel bad because I really feel like I do need to see this movie twice before I can talk about it really extensively mm-hmm. and, and feel like I understand all the depth that is to be there, um, which on is like a good thing and a bad thing, right? So maybe like that should have been more prevalent the first time, but maybe it's just me. I need to see it a second time. Um, but yeah, I know. I again, I'm I'm I. Bro, this movie. I like this movie. I think there's lots of good things to, to explore here. And uh, yeah, the AI. Um, what what else are we talking about? We talked about the bomb. Uh, we talked about kind of just the interest, the, excuse me, introduction of Haley Atwell as a character. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good as like a thief. Yeah. Just a straight up thief who wants her crypto. She's, uh, she's kind of like the character in 
the second movie. I don't know if you remember the second remember. movie at all. The the female lead in that one, who's uh, Tandy Newton from Westworld, oh, actually. Wow. Um, her character, I mean, it, she does different things, but she's also like a thief who it runs into conflict with Ethan Hunt at first and then kind of gets mixed up in everything and similar character, but yeah, still, still great. Haley Atwell. So, um, I do want to talk about Ilsa. Mm-hmm. Um, I her she did not work for me in this movie. Just, personally. well, yeah, didn't need to be there. It was, I felt like, I felt like you didn't need her and grace. Yeah. Well, like, so they, what, they, um, they, they need to have like this. They need to have some sort of weight to this, so they mm-hmm. kill her off, right? So I yeah. understand if you're using her for that. I think I'm not going to say they don't need her. I can see your argument for that. My thing is, is okay. They, they did the thing where she like again. They kill her off. Yeah. She comes back to life, and then they kill her off again. Like you like just like I I hate when they do that because again we talk about the secret invasion. It just takes away the weight of anything happening. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot, especially with the same character, you cannot kill off a character fake out, yeah, and then kill her again later in the same movie. Like it just that just doesn't work for me because it takes a lot of the weight out of that circumstance and situation. Because it's like, oh, you thought you experienced it beforehand, but you didn't actually. And I don't know. It just it seems. It, it's just a trope that I just don't think works. Mm. And I don't think you needed it. I, I didn't, it was like, oh my gosh, they like this huge tension of like when she was first shot. Like, I just think you didn't need it at all. Yeah. I, I guess to clarify my stance, like she, she, I like Ilsa in the previous two movies. And I think like if they expanded her role a bit in this movie, it would be fine. But like, I think a lot of what Grace does prior to like Ilsa's death is stuff that just Ilsa could have done like or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it was just kind of it. It felt like they didn't give her anything to do and she was just sidelined for most of it um, in favor of this new Grace character, um, which was just kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Then Ilsa dies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then Tom Cruise is, is sad about that. and Everybody's sad. But they're like, well, we have Grace now. Yep. He's the new girl <laughs> She's on the, the team. The new, the new girl representation on the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like they wanted to add weight to the story, so they killed off Ilsa. I don't feel like they needed to kill off Ilsa. Yeah, I don't think so either. But Maybe Rebecca Ferguson wanted out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, before we move on too far, um, I... I had mentioned that there were some scenes that for me just went on a little too long. Um, one of those being the Rome car chase, um, which to me is just, it's like inferior to the fallout stuff, like the chases and fallout, which I think are tighter, shorter, and just overall more fun to watch. Um, the Rome one just goes on for too long and it ties into what you said about like the gags in the car where it's like, oh, that's just adding time to it that, didn't need to be there. It wasn't that entertaining. Um, I liked the gig. I just didn't, it didn't need to be like, okay, they, for me, like they should have just started out in the little car. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that was fun when it's like the dun, 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 dun. And he's like going to the safe car and it's like got the nice sports car in front yeah. of him. And then it's just the little tiny, whatever it was, Fiat or whatever. Like that's fun. That's good. You have the, the handcuffs. 
That's fun. He's got to break off the steering wheel and walk away with it. That's that's all good and funny and great. I just didn't need a whole sequence before that leading up to that. Well, and that's that sequence is where I was talking about the the like what I think is a sex joke. It was like a performance joke because he's like, I swear it's not usually like this. She's like, No, it's okay, it's okay. I didn't I didn't get that sense at all. Oh, okay, that's fair. But um, anyway, another but another scene that's also I also think is like too long tying into that is the that we kind of skipped over it was that scene in the boardroom with like the government people. I oh, thought that was. I, I thought I liked that scene. Okay, I mean we was, haven't talked about Carrie yeah, Elway. First of all, that's it. where Carrie Elway's is is introduced. Forgot he was in this movie, so that was really exciting for me <laughs> as a huge Saw fan. Um, he but was yeah. great. Carrie Elway's was great. He's another guy who was just talking through his teeth the whole time. That's true. Carrie Elway's. He was really only in like two scenes, but he was great. I yeah. love Carrie Elway's. You can talk through your teeth anytime you want, Doctor <laughs> Lawrence. Um. But yeah, I felt like it, like that scene, I just like I knew where it was going because that guy comes in. He's just like this most suspicious looking guy like okay. walking in. For me, I was totally convinced that that was like the, some form of the AI thing. Because that's what oh, they're really? like. They're like the entity can take any form and infiltrate any system. Turns out Tom Cruise was the entity. Yeah, Tom Cruise was just acting so, really weird. Lots of mask shenanigans. Lots of good mask good shenanigans. Good mask shenanigans. I love Gas the shot. masks, too. Yeah, I love the <laughs> shot where they turn uh, Grace into uh, Vanessa Kirby's character. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really fun. That was good. Yeah, they do. They, I feel like a lot of these, especially since like four, they do really, or actually even three does it good too or they they just have like a really good way like transition to like the guy in the mask being the actual actor and mm-hmm. everything it's something all of these movies have done really well yeah i agree it's a lot of fun to be had here um for me yeah a lot of the rome stuff when they were de- definitely chasing like gabriel and Ethan's lot of lot of Tom Cruise running in this movie. Holy smokes! The bit where he's like running in <laughs> in Venice for like it feels like twenty or thirty seconds of oh, an yeah, unbroken right. Sorry, shot. Yeah. yeah, that bit where he's just he's running in like that long take or whatever. It like um that felt like there was there's that bit in three where he's just running through a marketplace for like thirty seconds <laughs> straight, and it felt like that again. Yeah. Except there was no one around this time. But. Um. That stuff, the Venice like chase, that was probably my least favorite well, action stuff. Yeah, it, it was hard because it it's so hard to get a sense of where anyone was at any moment because yeah. it's just the the winding streets of Venice and like the canals and everything, and it it felt like like Grace and I, I know that Tom Cruise was led astray by the AI or whatever, but Grace and Ilsa and uh, Gabriel were at this one part and it just felt it felt like it didn't take them that long to get where they were, however they ran there or whatever. And then Tom Cruise is like running the entire time, just full Tom Cruise speed. And even after he's led astray, it felt like he should have gotten there a lot quicker. And he's well, just, he's led astray, so it doesn't yeah. matter how fast you're running at that point. Yeah, but I don't know. It was just it it, it felt like it was it was hard to get a like sense of like space and distance and that. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah I just it was okay. It was mm-hmm. okay. It just wasn't as good as stuff in the other movies. Um, well, and there's the, before that, there was the whole nightclub thing, which you fell asleep for, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> there was like a five minute period when I dozed off when they were talking. So I'm like, hold on, you're going to have to tell me what happened here. Cause I was just, I were you, a were you awake when it was the, the, the club is the AI or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
which was kind of silly, but I, it's whatever. Yeah, it was. I mean, I liked it, but um, yeah, no, Jimmy was fall fall asleep during that, which is fine. It was kind of probably the most boring scene of the movie because it was just people being like, "I want the key," but oh, I I actually want the key. Yeah, but I, I want the I key. want the key. Why do you want the key? Well, yeah. I want the key because I don't want to die or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want the? Well, I want the key to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I let I want to talk about the train sequence. Yes, because um, we're gonna have to wrap. That's part up of the movie, probably pretty soon. But uh, the train sequence is fun, especially towards the end when the train's actually crashing. But leading up to that, you got the mask shenanigans. Grace is on her own. Uh, Ethan's trying to catch up. They like just <laughs> telegraphed the jump coming because of the way they marketed it yeah. so much. But the jump like, was fun. It wasn't like it was cool. It just I, there wasn't a lot of tension with it, because it, it's all just over in a moment. So like yeah. the stunt is impressive, but it's not. My favorite Mission Possible set piece is still the Burj Khalifa in yeah. Dubai because it's just like one Tom Cruise is actually hanging off the side of the Burj Khalifa, which is just amazing. Yeah, but and then you can like feel yourself in that. He's climbing it, and then the you know the gloves go out, mm-hmm. and th- there's so much tension within that stunt, or even the helicopter chase and all that stuff from Fallout. This the, is just like there's the not the halo jump. The halo jump, yeah. right? That's a great one. I'll, there's no like real there's no storytelling happening when the jump is happening, I guess. It's just kind of like, "Oh, crap, you need to jump." And they set it up, they do it. It's good. Like I like the idea. I think it's really fun. I think it's a great part of the movie. But from like a like a set piece or a, like a storytelling wise, it's just there's not anything really happening during the jump itself. It's more and like build up to the jump, mm-hmm. see the jump, oh, the jump looks cool, and then kind of the end result of that. Whereas, like, you know, Burj Khalifa, like, the storytelling's mm-hmm. happening, there's a lot of tension there. As it's going on, the helicopter's too, he's hanging on the rope, he falls down, you know, like, that's just, like, gets your heart rate going. Where this, he jumps off, oh, my gosh, that's really high, and then that's and then it's kind of over. Well, there's really also, I think part of it is there's no real satisfying end to it no, either. Like for all not. of those, uh, you, in you, my you, opinion, I did not find the end of that satisfying. No, no, no. I found it really convenient. Yeah, there, in all the rest of those, that you kind of see the end of the stunt or whatever, the halo jump. I mean, you get to see them land on top of that building, and the the helicopter chase. Obviously, he eventually gets up into the helicopter, and all that stuff happens. But here it's like he jumps off and then it cuts away for a couple minutes and then he just crashes into the train. Like it, I, I, and not that I think this is necessarily safe or he should have done this. I don't know how he would have with this stunt, but I, you know, I was kind of expecting like him to land on the train or something, or at least to show him get real close to it or something. It would have been a lot more impressive if he landed on the train. Now, yeah. But what, how do they do that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not saying, you know, you should have done that, but because um, I certainly couldn't Visually, do that. Visually, it would have been a lot more satisfying to see that. Yeah, I just think we needed like a satisfying kind of end to it because he jumps off, he floats, and then he's just suddenly in the train. That's basically Which, how I it think goes. people, there are going to be subset of people out there who thought that was a satisfying conclusion. Again, mm-hmm. it just didn't work for me. I don't think that is an objective bad thing about the no. movie. It's just subjectively, this is why it didn't work for me as well as these other stunts did in another movie. So yeah. if it does work for you, great. Again, I'm jealous. Wish it would yeah. work for me. I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to die. And then all of a sudden, he just happens to go through the one place where, where that one guy to. was standing. Yeah. And he like breaks through the wall. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. Like, I didn't understand. I mean, he's and parachuting. He's, he's like, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and then I, it was fun when like the parachute was like taking him and he was like taking guys out kind of mm-hmm. with that. Um, I do thought it was like, you know, Ethan Hunt is always kind of just like so competent at mm-hmm. what he's doing, at least from my memory. Is there times where he's like incompetent? No, he's pretty good. In, like like that felt more like a, uh, you know, like we just watched Indiana Jones, like The Last Crusade. You got, you know, uh, Sean, Sean Connery, Connery and, and, you know, Marcus Brody, those characters kind of like in- accidentally doing these mm-hmm. things. And that felt more like a character accidentally like taking people out. Like, so if it was Simon Pegg's character or something, like, yeah, yeah, running into people with the parachute on an accident, that's uh, like that would work better for me. I still like it. I think it's very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, just was a little, it just felt a little weird because it was Tom Cruise and that he's just so like usually just really good at what he does. Um, but yeah, then we get to like the actual train stuff, which is a very fun sequence just in general. Um, you have the conversation between um, Grace, who's disguised as Vanessa Kirby uh, and uh, Kittredge, which I like, it's a good conversation. I, uh, it's, I think Vanessa Kirby does a really good job of like playing into Haley Atwell. Like, I think there's a lot of good, you know, performance there, but also I'm like, like her brother's the bodyguard and Vanessa Kirby has like very distinct blue eyes and Haley Atwell has just brown eyes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how he's not I picking notice. up on things. I oh, okay. He's oblivious like me, apparently a lot of like, yeah, polyjuice potion kind of ask things, yeah, Bellatrix yeah, yeah. and Gringotts and the deathly hollows sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I, that was a lot of fun. The dramatic tension there. Again, you get the scene with Carrie Elway's I'm the only one who knows where the, you know, was it where the sub is yeah. located? And then or, Gabriel's like, okay, and just and kills him. That's where I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dude, did you not see The Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> this is not a good idea. So you're the only one who can do something. He's like, you're sure? You're the only one? Yeah, I'm the only. I am the only one. Yeah. I'm telling you, it goes with my AI theory. <laughs> I do like the idea that uh, Gabriel was getting like all these communication from the AI somehow of like, oh, the probability of this. Like, oh, well, he's. Paris, you're going to betray me based on you know the probability of outcomes here. He was also snuck onto the train in like a weird coffin thing with like a gas mask, and it's it that seemed to indicate to me that like he was communicating with the AI in there because like it had like the AI like little circle thing okay. in it. So I don't know if like he has constant communication or if he just it you know hibernates for a bit and talks to it. I don't know. At the beginning of the movie, I just thought Gabriel was like a projection of the AI. Mm-hmm. But and maybe that still is the case. I don't know. Yeah, to an extent, maybe. Um, but I did like the idea of like Bing Ram sitting down and be like, Ethan, the AI wants you. Like they picked out Gabriel because they know that if you do this, mm-hmm. like that will help them. If you kill Gabriel, who's the only person who knows whatever where the sub is or what the key opens, or I I don't rem- I can't remember what Gabriel knows and what else. Uh, just because there's so much going on in this movie. But, you know, if you kill him, that will jeopardize the mission. Like, either, like, two of the outcomes it's looking for is, like, mm-hmm. you will die or you will make this stupid choice. Mm-hmm. And so Tom Cruise doing it. The The sequence on top of the train was great. Yeah, that was and awesome. In the tunnel, he's crawling towards <laughs> him with a knife. That's great. Um, That's very good. Nobody took a big beam to the face, though, no. like some <laughs> other big blockbuster that came out recently that I don't want to spoil, which was hilarious. Um, but I th- the standout part for me from this train sequence is when the train's coming down and very uncharted two esque, but I think in a way that improves enhance upon enhances that yeah, is, um, it. is how they have to go through each cart and like the different kind of 
layouts of each cart. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, kind of just more generics, the first one, but then they get into the kitchen. You get yeah, the, the, that was fun. The, the yeah, grease going everywhere, the, the, um, the Oil oils or... and stuff. You get the, the <laughs> stove lighting fires <laughs> and this fireball coming and all that, and they got to get through all this food, and it's just crazy looking. Um, and it just keeps going too. Like yeah. it's every time they think they're safe, it's like, oh, this other one's gonna fall down. Yeah, too. which was great. That was awesome. That was just again, like I we talked about the classic Indiana Jones, where it's like it keeps going one more thing, and it keeps mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't just not for the sake of drawing the scene out, but like it's one more thing, and it keeps you excited on the edge of your seat, yeah, rather yeah. than just drawing out the moment. Like there's there's enough difference in between the challenges for the protagonist. Um, and then you have the the place with the piano. Yeah. Uh, where just the piano just... And they have to jump across the other side. Um, yeah, that, was that was very, very cool. Good. That was cool. And it all looked very, very good, too. Uh, obviously, they're the famous... Or not the famous... This the shot that's in the trailer where, it like, the zero gravity moment. Oh, yeah. That, down. that was very all cool. All just definitely CG, like, <laughs> plates and stuff. But it still looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably not all, but a, a lot of them are. Um, but didn't take me out of it. It looks really cool. Really cool moment. I like it. Um, I'm sure whatever they did with the actors was real and the train car. It'd be interesting to know how they filmed all that. Yeah. I'm sure it's a really uh, interesting Did they actually crash a, a train? Yeah, the general did back yeah. in the 20s. The fugitive did back in the 90s. They did, huh? Yeah. I didn't realize that. So, didn't look like it. That was definitely CG. Yeah, it did look CG. <laughs> but probably better for the environment. To not just crash a train into yeah. the water. <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Of, co- of course, they get the key at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel doesn't has it have it once he jumps onto that truck. Um, and I do like that because it's like, okay, the AI would know the exact moment you do need to jump off from this place. So doing that. I, I just think it was weird that, like, unless I missed it, like he didn't have, like, an earpiece or something. Or, yeah. Uh, he had that watch, but I was like, Show me some sort of communication. Yeah. Unless he is literally just the AI itself. So I don't know. Which don't could know. be. Maybe he has a brain implant. Jimmy. Brain implant. Tesla brain implant. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should probably wrap this up. I'm looking forward to Dead Reckoning Part 2. I, I, I want to see this again. I really do. I think I'm going to like it more the second time. Um, <gasps> let us know what you think in the comments below. Uh, otherwise, holding any other final thoughts you got? I don't think so. No. All right, we're going to dive into our final segment of the show, which, of course, is What Are You Doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy, this week. Um, so, like I said, I rewatched Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. Both very good. Um, Rogue Nation I had forgotten a lot about, honestly, but it was very cool. That underwater sequence in that movie is really good. Right. That's yeah, awesome. Really good. <laughs> it's probably the best part of that movie. But um, yeah, both movies Not him great. Hanging off an airplane. That's also cool. I for, I remembered I remembered that sequence ending differently than it did. I that was like new to me almost. How that I scene ended it was looked really wonky when he like got into the airplane. Well, it's like like very clearly. St- done in after effects yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah no that was that was still great um and uh i forgot to mention it with the last episode uh but i watched asteroid city the new wes anderson movie uh last week when i was in lincoln uh very good really good i think that it's probably my favorite wes anderson movie in in a while i don't know 
probably since Grand Budapest, which that's wow. only like a couple, two or three movies since then. But um, yeah, it's very good. It's very funny and weird. I, there's like one moment in particular that if you've seen the movie, you know it. It's it is so bizarre that when it happens, just the theater was just laughing, and it was it was a very very good moment. It was kind of just a very good audience moment, but um, yeah, in general, and it's, it's a very meta movie too. And the way it presents itself, I didn't, I didn't know the movie was going to be what it was uh, cause just cause the trailers kind of present something a little bit different, but it's very interesting, very good, very good performances and great cast. Um, so yeah, see it if you like Wes Anderson movies. Um, and then I think that's just it in terms of movies. TV. It's only been a few days. Yeah, it's since only been a few recording. days. I've been moving to a new place, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. Um, aside from that, in TV, just uh, probably just a couple episodes of like Abbott Elementary or something. I don't know. And uh, video games, just been playing a little bit more Ghostwire. Once again, not a ton, but yeah. Sweet. Uh, lastly, I totally forgot to mention that I finished Barry. Again, I really liked the last season, the very the second to last episode in particular. It was one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. Some mm-hmm. of the jokes they do with Henry Winkler and uh, Noho Hank. I forget the actor's name right now. Anthony, Anthony Kerrigan. Anthony Kerrigan, yeah. yeah. Both hilarious in that second to last episode. And then the finale is just like, there was like set up so well. And they it takes a lot of like big swings in the finale and they just did not work for me. Like I was like, Interesting. Ooh, I, I did not like that. I did not like how they did this. Um, but I give them credit for taking a big swing. It doesn't ruin like the show for me. I was just like, Oh, well, that's too bad. Cause I really, like I said, I really enjoyed that second to last episode. So the last one being a little bit of a oof for me was whatever. Uh, the other thing I did uh, really in the last few days is I rewatched Barbarian. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Which, of course, is my favorite movie from last year. It is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It is giving Saw a run for its money, which is saying a lot because I love Saw. Um, but the reason I did that is I would I really want to make a video about Barbarian and just go through everything I love about it because I think it is act- it, like not only is just entertaining as I'll get up, I think it's a really well-made movie too that does a lot of things very intentionally to enhance the story and its themes mm-hmm. um, from the filmmaking perspective, whether it's just the writing or the actual like sh- shots used, sure, the sure. music, the, all that stuff, the editing. It is really, really well done, I think. Um, and I would like to do a video of that. It's just not going to happen for a while because I'm going to be out of town for 10 days and <laughs> we'll have zero time to do it. Um, which uh, we should probably say a little programming update. So next week is Barbenheimer, mm-hmm. obviously. Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Our next episode is going to be a little bit later, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Probably be like, instead of, it'll probably be like the next Tuesday or Wednesday. So nearly that, two weeks away. Yeah, from here. So like 10, 11 days from now, we'll we'll get to that next episode to you. And it will not look like this. If you're mm. watching the video podcast, we're going to be having to do it remote because Holden will be out of town, but he'll be able to record. Um, so, so we'll try to, to make ourselves look presentable. There yeah. will still be a video version. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything <laughs> works, it just won't be in our normal setup that we've been doing the last several episodes. So yes. a little programming note for you there. But Barmanheimer next week, ladies and gentlemen. Very yeah. excited. Heck About yeah. Time. Here we go. Um, so look forward to that. I got my tickets. 
seats got a double feature. I have no idea when I'm going to be able to see it. (laughs) I will see them. We'll get our review to you. And uh, we'll also talk about Secret Invasion then as well. So that is Barbenheimer. That's coming to you soon. Um, Otherwise, Holden, what else can they know? Uh, Yeah. Uh, If you want to leave a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or email us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. I believe that's... That's it, Jimmy. If it doesn't make a difference to you, the greatest and best way to support our channel is to watch the stuff on YouTube, podcast included. If you can, that watch time helps us in the YouTube algorithm. If not, we just appreciate you listening in. Thank you so um, much. You guys platform. are awesome. And until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you. 